You are listening to The Chomp Cast, an official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for our. And remember, if you dig what we do, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Look for our special VIP tier. That's right. More on that later. Massive show today. We've been gone for a couple weeks here. You know, the legendary filmmaker, Martin Scorsese, was recently quoted saying, Marvel films? I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well made as they are, with the actors doing the best that they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. And it's ironic that he was quoted saying that um, because (laughs) Martin Scorsese read the script for Joker, a film that he was attached to as a producer until scheduling conflicts prevented that. Um, And Joker, a film that set, uh, actually shattered the box office record for an R-rated film. Um, Mark Danielle, a film critic for the Orlando Sun, Stated, as many critics have, Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix deserve credit for reimagining what a comic book movie can be. One that isn't encumbered with setting up multiple plots <laughs> for all sorts of other films in the universe, and one that can go to places other films in this genre cannot. Todd Phillips, of course, um, the director of Joker. And this is interesting, right? Because Todd Phillips modeled his film after the legendary Scorsese film taxi driver and (laughs) those comments actually came out in the news at the same time so there's an interesting uh, irony to this whole situation and look joker is destined to probably be an important film uh for the comic book film genre important the comic book um saturated world we live in and this is an opening for directors to use comic books that license and characters to create oscar caliber pictures cinema that is so much more than a theme park ride, as Scorsese would say. Uh, Joker could end up being one of the most important films ever made. Now, not only are we going to talk a little bit about that later, only time will tell, um, on Joker, but it begs the question with our own beloved medium, importance. Interactive electronic entertainment, if you will. What makes video games important? Does it need to spawn a plethora of clones or copycats to be considered important? We actually delve deep into that topic this week with help from the at swordchomp instagram community uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun so twofold there don't miss our thoughts on jokers and uh, joker and this is a huge topic for us um i think I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this we have a show that's overflowing with content as the fall gaming season is upon us <laughs> well what do you say what'd you say Go for mm-hmm. it. no i'm just i feel lost I'm I'm sitting here, wondering if I did the required reading. You probably didn't. Probably um, not. I just bought the cliff notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought I heard know something. What's going on right now? I was entrenched in my own. Yeah, it's kind of that's kind of the game. You got to really you got to follow close. All right, follow close, me here. Um, and trust trust the ride, the theme park ride, as they say. Uh, we have a show that's overflowing with content as fall gaming season is upon us. And the game releases rain down upon us like Fish's paycheck showers the strippers at his favorite local club. Fire fucking emblem, three houses, finally returns as Shay gets his 
is grimy little paws on one of the biggest switch releases of the year after me nagging him for months and months and months we have our early impressions of outer worlds well i have some very brief early impressions of outer worlds um including a nasty saw hammer thingy that i gotta tell you guys about and my own erotic bride of chucky knockoff uh borderlands 2 vr josh has been playing <laughs> all sorts of stuff uh what the golf children of morta inmost and the Bradwell Conspiracy. So we'll get a nice rundown from Josh there. Um, the polls have been building up like a bad case of blue balls over the past couple of weeks, so we're going to let it all out. <clears throat> Take a deep breath here. <sighs> As I go through the poll topics, I got them all up on the Swordchomp Instagram. Here we go. Get ready for this one. You really need cliff notes. <laughs> Is Destiny the fine wine of shooters? Destiny versus Borderlands. Do you feel pressure to perform better during anniversary sexy times? Martin Scorsese slams Marvel movies again. Hey, we just talked about that. Um, how perfect. Like it's all coming full circle. Would you, f would filming porn be a fun job? I also want to go back and see how many times I said Scorsese and Scorsese, or if I've got it right every time. I don't know. Uh, Zelda versus Skyrim. You said Scorsese one time. Every other time has been Scorsese. God damn. Motherfucker. I'm just going to call him Martin S. Is that okay? No one will know. Martin um, S? <laughs> I, I had no idea there was a feminine variant, variant to that name. <laughs> Martin. Well, there's, Martin well, that's confusing, too, because Martin Short. Martin Short and Martin Scorsese, yeah. uh -huh. as Morgan would call Short. it. Um, Why not just Mr. S? Mr. Mr. S. Mr. S. Because that's my nickname in the bedroom. Oh. Hey, Mr. S. <laughs> Wow, okay. that's uh, interesting there. Um, Zelda vs. Skyrim was one of our massive polls that we did in our open world cross-time <laughs> competition. Uh, Joker poll, our, uh, this is actually pretty cool. We had patrons picking uh, some poll topics this week. Which is something fun that I tried, so if you sign up for our Patreon account, you never know. You might get to pick poll topics that thousands of people get to vote on. Like, how many people in our audience are picking up Outer Worlds? Do you ever get gaming burnout? If Jedi Fallen Order is wildly successful, will it spark a change that makes um it spark a change in what games EA makes and how they make them? Are cartoons inspired by anime but not made in Japan actually considered anime anyway? <sighs> I'm getting out of breath here. Do or die, are you taking 2D Mario games or 3D Mario games? All that and more. Tons and tons of pillows. Of pillows. God, I'm sorry. I'm looking at my, uh, I did a poll if my wife is going to kill me if I bought an Edelgard pillow. Which brings you to my first post here as I do some introductions. And by the way, at the end of the show, if you're one of our patrons, we're going to do our Patreon polls and our Patreon shoutouts uh, to our patrons that we love so much. And yes, as I throw it here first to our beloved Shay in Japan, who has finally started Fire Emblem, The Professor. Uh, yes. Um, how are you doing, Shay? Well, Morgan, uh, doing well. Been enjoying the uh, dating simulator that I've been playing the past week. It's been quite nice. Is that how Mr. S talks in the bedroom? <laughs> yes. Feel free to... Uh, Mr. S? Grab yourself a wet nap on your way out to the taxi. <laughs> Mr. S, I just heard Mr. another S? weird thing. Yeah, we could play this game all night. Um, oh, yeah. No, this is a funny story. I think Shay popped his a little bit for the podcast, but for our listeners, 
I was bugging Shay to find out what house he picked in Fire Emblem, and he would not tell me. And then I woke up one morning, he had this story about landing a critical hit with Edelgard, and I was like, ha ha! Foiled yourself. Yeah, I was telling Fish before the podcast, I, uh, I wanted to keep it a secret because you had kept badgering me about telling you, and then something amazing happened, and then I was like, I need to tell this story to the guys or I'm going to forget about it. And then I didn't even think about, oh, well, you can't recruit that character with the uh-huh. other houses, mm, thus spoiling damn. inadvertently who it was. So, <laughs> don't you get too excited. I was looking for clues. You made the right, I told Shay, you made the right choice. Black Eagles is where it's at. And for all you people that picked Blue Lions or Claude, they're dead to me. Um, no, I'm just it's interesting. Still, it's interesting still. because after I revealed that, I started the game over just so I could start it brand new and now you won't now you really don't know who oh I yeah i'm sure no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that would be pretty great though i just don't have the time you, for that. i'm starting the game you. over you it's like crack you i Morgan. gave it away you're never gonna know <laughs> yeah <laughs> he gave it away again but then he starts it over again and does edelgard again just to throw me off yeah so. just do it all it's over all again <laughs> uh but we'll get to that later so that should be fun uh so yeah thanks for being here from japan the professor Sorry about my ugly. Yeah, the monologue idea was just, you know, uh, Joker is important for cinema because we know why, because it could open the door for, you know, other films. And we need to talk about what makes video games important because uh, it's a little bit of a different thing. Um, so hopefully that helps. I'm sorry if it was a little confusing. Uh, Joshua Fowler's here from Michigan. Oh, the one and only. Josh, I, f- I finished Sayonara Wild Hearts just for you this week. All so. right. Yeah. Um, you were talking pretty highly of it last week on the podcast, so I had to do it. Uh, Indeed. It's only about an hour. People out there have not played it. It's only about an hour of your time on uh, Apple Arcade, or if I guess if you buy it on any of the other. It's on Switch, and I think, obviously, uh, PC for the Apple Arcade. So, um, Yeah, that's the soundtrack. Is, it's, it's an interesting game, Josh. My uh, content mixed with the intro here is that the soundtrack ended up growing on me at first. I was kind of like, eh. And the first couple levels of the game, I was like, eh, I don't know. I th- think this is me and Josh just kind of splitting, you know, the whole indie, not an indie thing, you know, that we usually do. But yeah, it, it did eventually grow on me. Like, I put one of the songs up on the Instagram page. There's like, you start to, that game splits out. You start to drive some crazy vehicles because it's, it's like a res yeah. kind of game, you know? Yeah, it's, um, it's like a cross between like F-Zero and res. Like, it's got, yeah. yeah. Sayonara Wild Hearts. But yeah, dude, it gets interesting. Like, you're riding on a motorcycle, fighting a giant three-headed wolf, and uh, there's a couple levels where you're, like, in a car and sort of got some cyberpunky vibes. And I, yeah, that game kind of goes some places. It's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it just took, took a while for me to get there. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, did you uh, start playing with the controller after a while? or I did. We were, yeah. Josh, were joking about this before the show that I, dude, I hooked up my Xbox One controller to my, my phone, my new iPhone, like nothing. It was super easy. And I, it was kind of goofy with me. Like I, my wife took a picture. I was like huddled over my counter mm-hmm. and, or my table and my phone was kind of flat and I was, had my controller under the table and I was playing it kind of looking down. So it wasn't really that comfortable, but playing that game with a controller was much more enjoyable than, uh, with the phone. Yeah. Yeah, it just it works better. The uh, the the they actually they did a better job with the dragging controls than I would have expected, but it's still just not optimal. Yeah. So agreed. 
So I would, if anyone's trying out Apple Arcade of an iPhone, that's one I would try. Just grab your Xbox controller. It's an hour of your time, mm-hmm. and or, it might come yeah, up or later. On, so. on Switch. I, I went ahead and bought it on Switch, so I'd have it on oh, that as okay. well. Um, I like that game, but $20 for one hour is kind of... It's, uh, it's a little... 20 I think it was like 12 it, I thought it was like it the 12? same price okay. as an album. I'm, yeah, okay, that's fair. I think. Fair. I think it was like 10 yeah. or 12 bucks. I'd have to, I'd have to go check. Uh, let me check they, now. They use, but, yeah, I think okay. it was like about an album price is what it... Get on I it, I seem Josh. to remember. Get on it! Um... Anthony Fisher joins us from Texas. The Filipino Johnny Depp is here waving. My favorite narcoleptic gamer. That's right. Uh, (laughs) Bound to fall. How many times did you fall asleep uh, this week, uh, Fish, when you were hoping to play a video game? Um, When I'm hoping to play a video game. I thought you were going to be very general there. I would have told you seven seven days. You're never hoping to play a video game, so that was on me. I'm sorry. I said the over-under at three. Was... 13. <laughs> 13. Okay. 13. The that's ballpark. fair, I guess. If you really like the music, that's that's reasonable for sure. Mm-hmm. I can dig that. Um and you know, music will probably came up come up later on in our game of the year stuff. I do think the second half of that soundtrack is pretty strong. And the way yeah. they use music with the gameplay is really interesting. Like like uh, there's one level in particular where like there's like these people floating in the sky and their finger snapping. Oh, yeah. and That's one of the best their... levels just like yeah. of the year, just because it's a mechanic that like has been done before, but not really in a rhythm thing like that. Was... Yeah, like imagine you're playing like a res or like an on rails kind of game, right? And then there's these people floating in the sky, and every time they snap to the beat, the entire track changes, and you have to remember what it was before because when they yeah. snap their fingers back, the track goes back to the way it was. Snip, snap, snip, snap. Mm-hmm. As Michael would say in the office. Um, so it's... Uh, <laughs> Fish, do you know the toll that these many reverse <laughs> vasectomies take on a person? Snip, snap, mm-hmm. snip, snap. I can only imagine, yeah. I can Just only imagine. Two. What if I told you my wife's pushing for me to get a vasectomy? Um, is she? Yeah. Wow. Well, seriously. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so you guys I can are see done it. now at three. No, we're, yes, fuck yes, we're done at three, are you kidding me? And I'm fighting her, mm. telling her I don't want to do it. I shouldn't have to get surgery to stem my balls, and she shouldn't have to oh. get surgery to tie her tubes either. I'm equal opportunity here. Um, yeah, well, yeah, she's having a natural birth, yeah. Yeah. She, she can't do it, but if she does have a C-section, I believe they can actually go from there. It's, they can do it within the same day, actually. Yeah, the, yeah. But she's, you know, she's trying to go all natural. So that's the fight I'm having to deal with right now. If you're a man out there and you've dealt with that, let me know. So, because I don't want to have any more kids, but I don't really want to have surgery. I don't really know what to do. Mm, it's not that painful. It's like outpatient. It's heard. like the same thing as having a toenail removed. Well, I do they have so, to yeah. take, I wonder if they have to put you under. They no, don't have to. They don't. No. It's a small incision in your balls and they. Really? They yeah. Okay. They don't have to put me under, then I might think about that. No, I, they're not going to put you under. They need somebody to hold the balls up for them to kind of get in there and do their work. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have to hold your own balls up while they do the surgery? Um, that's great. Oh, oh, great. Anyways, me and Fish are also going to clear up something a little bit later. We had a little uh, kerfluffle last week that I wanted to clear up on the podcast uh, in the latter portion of the show. So if you're one of our more hardcore listeners... Stay tuned for that kerfluffle. All right. It's going to be a lot of kerfluffling. <laughs> I like kerfluffling. It's actually, it's actually, it's actually kerfuffle. 
Yeah, the kerfluffle is a sex act that's illegal in 48 states. Oh. Yeah. So One of the them not being the Montana, fluffing, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kerfuffle. Okay, so I'm adding a fluffle oh. in there. Yeah. You're adding an L. Now I'm just kind of fuzzled now. Oh, no. Mm. Wah, mm. Wah, wah. Where's those sound effects? Kind <laughs> 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 fuzzled. Ay, 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 ay. But um, I, of course, am General Mountain Time here from Montana, and we. It's it's going to be a weighty show because not only do we have so much to talk about, but I mean, Fire Emblem is a huge game, and the topic of the week is about as deep as it gets. Because when you talk about what makes things important, I realized that this week because there was a a poll that I put up that I wasn't going to mention until we did the the topic that I'm transitioning into now about whether games are important or not, and I realized that I was sort of going under the impression as I put up there. Uh, do you think? Near Automata is one of the more important games of the last five years. Um, and I wasn't doing that to be feisty. I was just curious. And it came back about split, but people started messaging me, and I realized that I was putting up the words important without actually thinking about like what makes it important. Like actually really having that that conversation with myself. Um, and now hopefully you guys. And I do want to give a shout out to one of our patrons and friends, Gil Beasy, as we get into this topic. Gil Beasy Skit, um, who kind of inspired this topic because we were going back and forth on uh, near. Is it? It's near Automata, right? I, th- I think I hear people say Automata. It's near Automata. That's how you'd say it. Yes. Near Automata, Martin Scorsese, Scorsese. I just everything in this world can be. It's too much. Say everything too many different fucking ways. Drives me crazy. Um, oh, and kerfuffle. I forgot to... This was a big one. I'm sorry. I feel like an idiot for even leaving this out. I did a poll. Uh, should Fish be president? So you don't don't miss that one later either. Because our audience is split on... That was one of our patron polls. Should Fish be Fish for president? 2020. Shout out Mr. Hicks. Um, anyway, I want to know what you guys think of this. So, importance, right? I got a couple of barriers that I want to talk with you guys about. To see if you guys agree, and we'll kind of go around here. Um, but what Gilbezi told me was, is it great? Yes. Important? I doubt it. It felt more like a cult hit. Um, financially successful, but I don't see having an impact on gaming in the long run. And I was like, well, but what if it influenced others? You know what I mean? Like, what if... Oh, go ahead, Shay. I see you raising your hand there. Really quickly, uh, I didn't want to interrupt you. So I just looked it up. It's Automata. Near Automata. Okay. I just looked it up. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Near Automata. Yeah. I want I just yeah. want to have that right because yeah. I feel like I say it it's, weird. It's it's just the plural of automaton, so it's automata. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be sure too. I was pretty sure it was is automata. It the plural or, or is it just the feminine? Uh Fish, I go to these things for you. No idea. I, I don't know what they mean. What does uh, automaton mean? Can you just clear that up for me? Automata? Uh-huh. So when you automate the ta, of course. <laughs> so like one of those booby robots. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> the Austin exactly. Powers robots with the little machine guns. <laughs> um, oh yeah. <laughs> man, to think there was a time when Austin Powers was the cutting edge of comedy, the bleeding edge. Um, no, Fish doesn't know. I don't know either, Fish. I just wait, want to throw wait. it to you to shame you. Oh, you don't know. You no, don't know, Morgan? Don't. Okay. What does it mean, Shay? It's actually the plural form, plural form, pr- 
<laughs> plural form of and automaton. That L, that L is that L. Just, yeah. Dat L. We're adding that L everywhere today. <laughs> it's a uh, it's the plural form of automaton. Okay. All right. That's what I thought because I thought it was Greek, which would the A would have been. All right. Which means what? That means there's more than one automaton. That means there's two. So what's an automaton? Or... Yeah. What's an automaton? Automaton is a um, is a <clears throat> excuse me like a humanoid creature that is predominantly or fully automated. Like it's operated by machinery and circuitry, essentially. It's a robot. It's kind of the okay, yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the big difference between. Yeah, remember we had they that were going to call it near robot, but then they would have had to find a different word for near because that just yeah. You know. It sounds much cooler that way. Yeah. Well, I remember we had that fun conversation about like cyborgs back in the day when we were talking about near because like a cyborg is like a half. It's like a robot parts inside of a human body. It's like a mixture of the two, right? And this is not that. This yeah. is a robot that has a human form, like shape. But well, that's, but that's yeah, it. and that's that's the point of an automaton is it is supposed to be emulating a human being. So, I mean, not all not all robots yeah. are automatons. Android, but, I think, is the closest. Yeah, 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 yeah. But all automatons are robots. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I, I, we're gonna have some physicist come in and yeah. or robotics expert come in and be like, actually, well, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but I'm 99.9 percent sure all automatons are robots. Cool. And you've no, heard I, it here I, first. I think from a guy who is completely yeah. unqualified to say so. Hmm. That's the kind of I yeah, I love those kind of conversations. It's difficult to have because I'm the I'm the only one here that finished near. But um anyways, to su- summarize this here, uh Gilbezi ended up saying, I would say that I can definitely see near being a game that influences people to start making games in the first place. I think anytime we get to see past the game to the people responsible, especially when it's a free spirit like Yokotaro or Kojima, it makes people think maybe I could do that and lets people know that their own crazy ideas might actually be something that a lot of people would enjoy. So Something like Nier could end up being influential just because it's inspirational for a lot of people to make games or for other creators, right? Other people find inspiration in those things. Like Joker. I joked about that earlier in the introduction. Todd Phillips sat down and was really heavily inspired by Taxi Driver uh, whenever he was making his own film. And now his film might be important and inspirational going forward. So that's kind of the same idea. So that is one way where I think near um, Automata could end up being very important. Did I get it right that time? No, but it's okay. Automata? We, no, we didn't just have a five-minute conversation about it. N- near Automata. Sorry. God damn. Yeah. Automata. 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 You got it? Do-do-do-do-do. Automata. Scorsese. Can we just that's really can hard we just to say call really the show Auto Automata Scorsese and just be a complete clusterfuck? It'll uh, be a complete kerfluffle. <laughs> Scorsese's robot. Um God, wow. Anyway, so that's it. I think it's an interesting conversation to have. When you guys think about what's important, and I got some really good comments to kind of jump in here too. I'll throw a quick round robin, like initial thoughts. Uh, Shay, what when you think about a game being important, does it need to have copycats, or what are you thinking on this topic? I don't think so. Um, I 
I think that it make it gives it a little bit more credence to its legacy, but I don't think it needs copycats to be important. We think of a game like Hellblade, and the reason why I bring up Hellblade is because I was actually watching a good friend of mine stream it earlier today. But Hellblade is such an important game because it talks about mental health, um, both kind of like the the symptoms and the prognosis of it, as well as being aware of it like it talks about mental health awareness and what what have you i think that game is incredibly important it talks about a lot of issues that are very prominent and at the forefront of a lot of uh media right now and i think that makes it important but that's not like obviously the only example that's the first one that comes to mind a lot of other games subsequently haven't necessarily been copycatting Hellblade. Like, nothing, nothing, as far as I know, has come out that emulates that kind of psychosis in your headphone yeah. feeling the way that Hellblade did. And it, to my knowledge, um, there hasn't been a game, and I could be wrong here, uh, that integrates that mental health uh, breakdown along with the gameplay so well. I mean, there are other games that address mental health for sure. I mean, Katana Zero was one of those ones that came out this year that addresses mental health. But I feel I feel like, you know, that game actually is fairly close to intertwining it into the gameplay now that I think about it. I just think that they're different they're different forms of kind of the same message that they're going for there. And those games I think are important and they have a place in our medium, and they don't have other games necessarily emulating. I mean, Katana Zero, if anything, emulated Hotline Miami, which at that point mm-hmm. we could say, well, that gives more credence to Hotline Miami, but I don't think necessarily that's the case. I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn is another example. That was a fantastic game, um, and nothing's, to my, again, to my knowledge, is quite trying to emulate that. Um, and that that is that game is talking about uh, man or excuse me uh, nature versus machine, um, so to speak. And there's nothing quite emulating that either. So okay. I don't necessarily think so. Oh, I so okay. So we can ball that up under. I agree, I agree. They're saying so thematically, a game can be important if it it's subjective depending on how it impacts you. But if it has something profound to say then that could be, in your eyes, considered important. Okay, I can get behind that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, th- I just, I think that thematically, um, games that have something to say are in, or are important don't necessarily need to be replicated or duplicated, copycatted, what have you. But at the same time, I, I think some of those games that become important kind of branch off other games too. I mean, we look at Fortnite, which is right now one of the biggest games in the world. And it is important. It is it is a trendsetter. You know, it's um so many other battle royale games have come out, so many other games mm-hmm. have tried to emulate what Fortnite has done, but it yeah. was standing on the backs of PUBG, which PUBG is really at this point irrelevant. And PUBG kind of spawned um, the beginnings of the whole battle royale movement, but it's not really yeah. that important anymore. And yeah, and I would, but anymore. But I would say that both of them are important in the in the in the history of gaming. I would look at PUBG and Fortnite and say they're both important for the reasons you just stated, for sure. Um, I 
I, yeah, and it's 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 I don't hard think to you can, it's hard to say that. I don't think though, you could you know? step on, but well, really, because I don't think like anyway. I'll I'll transfer you here to to you, Josh. But I, yeah, I just don't yeah. think that maybe you could. I don't think just because something comes along and also takes that idea and also becomes an like. Well, I think here's here's what I'd say, Shay. I think Fortnite's important for different reasons. I think it's important because it became a cultural uh, phenomenon in in a way that very few games do. I don't think it's necessarily that important from a gameplay perspective because it did emulate PUBG. That was just my personal take on that. Um, But could because I think games can be important from like Skyrim, right? It was a great game, but it's really important uh, in two ways: great open set a new bar for open world games at the time and cultural impact that's how i'd look at something yeah absolutely absolutely and i mean it kind of goes back to the argument too of like if we didn't have PUBG, we wouldn't have Fortnite, and if we didn't have Fortnite, we wouldn't have all these battle other battle royale games like it comes with that classic argument of yeah it this PUBG is kind of like the grandfather of the games but at the same time even if PUBG didn't come around there's the possibility the probability may or may not be in your favor that sooner or later another another developer another studio would have had that idea for a battle royale game so it's that kind of of classic argument there yeah uh yeah sorry josh i didn't mean to kind of fake tease you there Um, (laughs) yeah um it's it's the whole copycat thing is always an interesting one because every now and then a game will come along that just invents a genre um i mean like the whole PUBG thing like it's not like they kind of took the idea from a completely outside property and and Mm -hmm. did that so it's not it's not so much like oh they just came out of this came up with this idea out of nowhere like it was it was already a thing in 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 other mediums um that just kind of all of a sudden came to games and they were the first one to do it um whereas Every now and then you get a game that's just like, oh, this is how games are now. You get stuff like, um, you know, Mario 64. Like, okay, this is how you make 3D games. Like, we just didn't know how to do it. And somebody came along and, you know, kind of showed, Here, here's how you do this. Like, you end up with a completely new genre. Um, I mean, you get stuff like that. Stuff like, uh, um, fuck, like Doom. Um and then quake moving yeah. to like like you just you st- you start seeing how a completely new thing can emerge and those are like the big obvious ones that you see but a lot of these other games are still important even if they don't have exact copycats cuz they inspire a more subtle shift usually in like either the way the stories are told or the way um i mean for example think about how big character creation is on so many games at this point and that's kind mm-hmm. of a thing that came about from like all the quote unquote girly games from like the nineties and early two thousands where pe- they realized people like having this attachment to a character and it like, it ended up in everything like, um, and you don't notice these trends at the time, but it's influencing people that you may see it in ways like way, way after the fact. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so what girly games are you referring to? Do you have a name or two you can throw? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I mean, there were a lot of them. Like, like, um, there were a lot of like Barbie games even at the time. Like, you don't think about them because it's like, oh, who's playing these things? A lot of people. A lot of people are getting these games, and it ends up being 
influential after the fact. Um, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, the, the earliest guy I go back and really think about character creation, I think about things like Mass Effect and stuff like that. Around mm-hmm. that, the, the, the Golden Age of Bioware is what I, I remember the most. Uh, but yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, speaking of which, the Mighty Midget, um, with the, the, come on, man, we call it the Mighty Tink now. We play Borderlands 3, the Mighty Tink. Uh, <laughs> the Mighty Midget says, uh, no, but I think it's a testament to how influential a game is when clones and copycats rise up afterwards um yeah so so we have the the copycat angle which is pretty obvious right even things like breath of the wild which we hadn't seen or we're starting to see more of the influence now even in weird games like mm-hmm. uh, from what i was hearing things like breakpoint where you get to explore more of the map and stuff in sort of a, a, a discovery kind of way or comically stuff like um the new ukulele game where you can literally if you want you can beat the game right from the beginning if mm-hmm. you want like zelda but you can also just play the whole game and make that a lot easier for you. Mm. So you are starting to see some of that um, inspiration leak out, and there's probably other examples I'm forgetting here. But Fish, what do you, uh, what do you think of when in regards to? Is there anything we're missing here? Um, we have you know, influence, cultural games have something to say. Copycats, right. copycats, yeah. Uh, I I can only like think of examples of copycat type games from my personal experience was. Um, from games like uh, EverQuest, where that MMO um, genre started rising and became popular back then. Um, and I felt like it, from the success of EverQuest, EverQuest kind of grew out, grew up, and everybody, yeah. all these other companies started seeing, wow, th- this is like a very popular type of, you know, mm-hmm. big world that the, they've created. And um, they kind of wanted to emulate it. And I'd imagine like it, it inspired a lot of you know these developers in these uh, communities to want to get together and develop their own game like that and create their own world and you know and have you know uh, success with it and it also uh, it was like it's not it wasn't the first game to you know um, put a subscription a monthly subscription attached to it after buying the game but um, you know it. it did kind of pave the way for like games like World of Warcraft, where um, yeah. people go on, and that's kind of like the mo of like Blizzard right now is like they kind of I, I don't want to say they copy, you know, you can see their where they get their inspiration for um, as far as like Heroes of the Storm, um, which is very much like League of Legends, or you know, yeah. or. They- um, yeah, they do. They do take an idea and make it like as accessible as possible. Yes, yeah. with yeah. a lot of their games, yeah. like World well, of Warcraft was yeah. way, way less of a time commitment than EverQuest. Yeah, and then right. I mean the same right. thing with uh, uh, Here's the Storm. Like you're saying, a lot of those mm-hmm. Dota type games, a lot of the MOBAs are like you sit down and you play an hour plus long game, and then they came yeah. along and like here, the, the maps are 20 minutes now. Um, well, and that's the fun thing, Josh, is like, WoW was actually so important. They're both important, EverQuest and WoW. I put them on, on my list for, for actually this similar reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Something like Overwatch is interesting because I think it's incredibly important, but not necessarily because the game. I think the game is great. I think it's important because of the impact it had culturally, like from cosplay to you could maybe measure esports think, or whatever. Like, yeah, I think it's a similar thing to like we were talking about the character creation thing. 
Whereas they realized even if it's a multiplayer game or whatever, that people still want to have connections to the characters, which is how you end up with so many different like mm-hmm. just heroes are super important in everything now, like in like Apex yeah. Legends and mm-hmm. a lot of other similar things. That's that that is the thing that's caught on from there. It's not so much well, we need yeah. the shooter exactly like this, which that we want people to fall in love with the IP. I think, well, that's a trend I think we're seeing uh, when, we, when we were talking about what Shay was saying, because if you emulate another game and you become important, I think it's generally because you did it so well that you had a cultural impact. Because technically, like, look at Overwatch, right? It's basically what Team Fortress 2 kind of a thing. Um, and that's not to say it's not better or a great game or whatever your opinion happens to be. Objectively, Overwatch is not the most original thing in the world, even if you love it, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's just, it's important because of the impact it had. And usually if it's a club, it's so it's interesting if your clone can have an impact as well, right? (laughs) Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing. Like it's a lot of times it's the second go around that ends up really being a thing. And we've seen this a lot. Um, I mean, look at Portal, like Portal 1 and Portal 2 were both indie games that Valve realized this mechanic is so ridiculously important that we need to like, put effort behind it and put put just throw money at it and so you end up with something like portal from uh what is it narbacular drop i think was the the first one anyway but it's it's you know they kind of scoop up these ideas and that one was mm-hmm. you know you get stuff like that you get stuff like the whole fortnite thing fortnite coming out and that's another one it's, well it's, it's more accessible like it's this free-to-play game it's on literally everything now and so that's kind of how yeah they made the idea more accessible um you got like one or two shots to make it yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. and they can both be important for different rays but usually the second one is important um not only because it's great but because of it usually has cultural impact <laughs> if you think about it right mm-hmm. um but same with PUBG. I i don't the only reason i wasn't trying to shit on PUBG is because i still think PUBG is very important when we look back at the history of yeah of games it's just fortnite kind of came over and made that you know, <laughs> something so fucking insanely accessible that the 10 year old can play it at Taco Bell on his tablet. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to shit on PUBG. What were you saying about going back to what uh, Shay was saying, oh, Josh? Yeah, about I was, um, Hellblade? The Hellblade thing. Like he was kind of talking about how, even though it's not really been copied, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I agree with that statement. It's still an extremely important game. Um, but I kind of think of, I, I feel like that's kind of part of a separate movement that has been important as a whole having to deal with just seriously taking representation in games um just as 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 importantly as it needs to be taken because there's been a lot of lip service forever with you know oh a crazy character or something or like in that one in particular um you know they're talking about um mental illness and the way they handle it is not so much that here let's let's just explain all this stuff to you it's it's let's let's have the research done to make sure that our game that has it has an aspect is really spot on as far as like how this would present um and that i feel like is part of kind of another tradition that uh, not tradition but like you know kind of movement of like let's let's take this seriously it i kind of feel like it's in the same vein as like never alone like mm-hmm. Um, that sort of thing, like, like, um, yeah, like just not, not just kind of using something as a setting, but 
going all yeah. in. You get stuff like Never Alone and Hellblade, I kind of feel like is in there. Uh, Dropsy, which is about um, a clown with uh, um, developmental disorder, is really interesting because it's an adventure game where there's there's no text in the game. It's all like pictographs of, you know, his understanding of the world. And like if somebody talks to him, you don't get exactly what they say. You get like emojis kind of explaining their general, you know, emotions and, and the, the bits he can glean from it. Um, and that was yeah. also really, really good. Um, I think it's kind of the sad thing about those early Xbox live arcade games that were so important because they spawned so many other indie games and that whole system of getting indie games on a platform like the early xbox live arcade games like bastion and limbo and stuff uh, great games but important i think because of the platform they were on and i may almost said i mean if those games are just released normally it doesn't make them any less great games but i think they're important ironically because of the platform um yeah and, and i mean that's another thing but we, we've kind of gotten to this before but like they weren't the first indie games at all. The scene was already there. People were making those games because yes. of stuff like Cave Story and, you know, Newgrounds and Congregate. Like, all yeah. this, there's, the scene was there, but as far as making it accessible to everyone, that whole Summer of Arcade yeah. just showed that people this could be a mainstream those... thing. Yes, yes. And uh, what I mean, and you could say, well, that's the system, it's not the game, but I still think people will those games were highly influential for creators and people because they were put up on this pedestal of the forefront at a very perfect point in time. And sometimes that can happen. It's right? able to it's get just, in front of more eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And they seem impactful, but it's kind of a bummer now because there's so many indie games now that are probably doing important things. It's just more difficult to navigate those, those waters. So, um, and people like you, Josh will find them and they'll, and they're probably important, but it doesn't feel the same to me because there's just so many, it's like, there's so many people shouting that every, Every every day there's a new indie game that's saying something or important that sometimes maybe, you know, when there's so many people shouting, it's hard to hear, I think. Um, and that's not the game's fault. It's just sort of the nature of, I think, where we're at, I guess. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. I just feel like it was easier back in the day to know, like, like some of the indie games that really stood out, stood out. Um, but what about this? If we, if we transform a little bit here uh, to, to whoever... Uh, Fish, how do you feel about this? What about... Um, games that are important for being a benchmark of sorts. Do you think that makes a game important if it ha if it's like a uh, technological achievement for the time in art or visuals or storytelling or whatever? Can that lead to a game being important uh, to you or uh, de definitely, yeah. Um games like uh, I guess Bloodborne even though that wasn't the first game in the series that was kind of the game in the series that I held on to and like that game kind of introduce you know the stamina mechanic which became popular afterwards I, i'm not i couldn't i couldn't think of you know uh action type of game that uh essentially like made your character weaker like you had to be more um more deliberate with your attacks and whatnot and i think like certain game mechanics in video games will definitely like carry over to other video games because it uh, other people can see that and think well, wow that's that's interesting and they they put their own spin on it like uh, i think you, you can kind of source and look at that game mechanic and kind of follow it through the top back in uh, on a timeline and see where it starts from and really um, that's interesting yeah. i hadn't thought of it because i i bloodborne is one of my favorite games ever and 
I mean, you guys, you know, if you guys want to disagree with me, that's fine. But I wouldn't have considered Bloodborne important. I would have just considered it great and important to me. But like, that's too personal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like I'm just talking more uh, about the game mechanic. Of, yeah, so you're yeah. saying you think that mechanic was a lot of games start pick. Was it the first? Like I, I would consider Dark it's Souls. It's been there and, since well, Demon Souls. The whole, but yeah, as far as that okay. implementation, uh, stamina as an idea has been around like forever, but it's generally been done horribly, horribly just, just bad, just bad. Like yeah, because it's been around since. I mean. Metal Gear had a stamina meter for like your grip strength, and I know other <laughs> games that have like it's been around mm-hmm. since like the PS1 era. The whole I got like you can't strength. you can't do stuff after a certain while after this meter goes down. Um, and right, like it's there. There's not been, but it's just been that. It's been like it's felt it's felt completely separate from everything else. And I I do kind of feel like I feel like the Souls games did make that mechanic finally stand on its own like just by by incorporating it to the whole but, experience but when you look to the dark souls games as being more of the important ones for what they did now i'm not shitting on your choice fish because i think it's interesting what you brought up but like i love bloodborne dearly but i just don't when i think about it in the grand scheme of things uh i don't have any proof that maybe it brought more people into that genre or anything all i can really say is that i think it's a great game but i can't find anything to latch onto that was a copycat or culturally, like, phenomenal. You know what I mean? Like, I can't grasp into anything well, there. What am I missing? Um, but, well, I don't know. There, there was, of course, you know, the clones of uh, Blood or uh, the From Software Dark Souls. game. Yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, like Zelda Breath of the Wild, like they they introduced uh, that stamina meter and. Um, they use it in a very unique way of like kind of gating you off as far as like how uh, where you can go and as far as um, exploration is in that game and um, I thought they used it in a, a way that you know a, using a stamina meter like that uh, made sense you know because you're you're not strong enough to climb a mountain so um, you you have to go about. Uh, make, make exploring different areas so it was kind of uh, like gating you off from higher difficulty areas or keeping you from you know progressing too fast in the game yeah uh, a lot of people said and they're very short and i'm not giving them shit for this because i love everyone that took the time to comment but i think that this was a, a an interesting philosophical topic for us because a lot of people would get left me very quick answers like mm-hmm. conan the librarian said no not at all it doesn't have to inspire co- copycats to be that way um let's see here epidemic said nope but it's a testament to being a trendsetter um from dog said not exactly but clones are a sign that people want to emulate your success i got a lot of quick answers like that yeah i think Um, it's kind of it's tricky i think that's why i liked it because it's one of those things you can just give a quick answer but there like there's more than one way to look at it as far as like because because like important is just so nebulous like there's just like well, what does that even mean? So, Exa- yes, exactly. I think what well, the fun thing for me was playing the game. Like Shay, if I was playing the game with you earlier, like if I throw a game, if you throw a game at me, I would like try to run it through my filter. Like when Fish does Bloodborne at me, I go love that game, but it didn't hit my barometer of important trendsetter. In fact, I think it copied uh, the Dark Souls games, even though I like it more than those games. Yeah. Um, but didn't seem like a cult- cultural phenomenon. Didn't say anything important or profound. Well, so it didn't hit yeah. any of my. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the counter argument to that, I think, is that there were a lot of games that were just doing one-for-one copycats of the Souls games, like, showing that those were important, but then Bloodborne came out, reworked their engine, changed the gameplay in a way that really kind of changed up what the whole, oh, you have a stamina bar, everything can kill you type gameplay yes. that everyone knew about and showed that it could be way more flexible than the copycats were even doing. And I yeah. feel like Bloodborne was kind of the first one that really showed the strength of that. And now we're getting a lot of games that are copycats of the Souls-likes, but are also straying a lot farther from what the initial game was. And so we're getting mm-hmm. a lot of more, a lot more interesting stuff, probably because of Bloodborne. Um, yeah, because they yeah. they they took the time to kind of expand their own game there. Yeah, let's let's do a fun game here. How about this, Shay? I'm gonna throw a game at you. Tell me if if you think it's important and why. Cuphead, boom. Is that important? No. Interesting. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Fallout 3. Yes. Because? For a lot of reasons. Um, it, you know, it kind of came off of Oblivion, which Oblivion was the precursor to Skyrim, which was very important. And Fallout showed that basically Bethesda was starting to have a winning track record at that point. They had Morrowind, which was kind of tepid. Oblivion, which started gaining some steam, and then Fallout 3 came out, and I really think, granted, Bethesda had a track record and a decent track record at that point, but I think that when Fallout 3 launched, it launched Bethesda into that top, or that upper tier of developers. Um, okay. had Fallout so you don't 3 think no- that, was that, that was after Oblivion, you said, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so if... So if Fallout 3 didn't come out um, and had been as good of a game as it had been, Bethesda may or may not, probably not, be as uh, prominent of a developer. You know, I mean, so many fans were aggravated at Fallout 76, and some fans were even aggravated at Fallout 4, and I think that kind of speaks to the level that Bethesda was vaulted to, and both Fallout 3... And Skyrim have a lot to do with that. Interesting. Also, there was also probably a little bit of a cultural effect there. You see fucking Fallout toys all over the place and Pip-Boy yeah. and stuff. It did kind of yeah. latch yeah. on. I think Fallout yeah, 3 came out at the right time. Like, yeah. just as far as the cultural impact of it was, was huge. Yeah. Like, and, the, and it, the thing 1 and 2 are that, great games, that, but... That system. Yeah. Yeah, like, three, 3 was, again, taking that setting something that they'd already made before something that was really interesting and making it more accessible by not being this you know yeah really hardcore you know pc sims type type of the game so. right right take yeah taking that post-apocalyptic world which or that that vibe which was really popular at that time it became even more so popular with that yeah. the road the book of eli Zombies had just kind of started getting phased yeah. out. But people were still liking that post-apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, think vibe. about how many brown games came out because of Fallout Three. 
Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a cult. It's pretty crazy to think Culturally, about. Yeah. Love them brown games. Yeah. And uh, on top Border of that, games. like uh something that was really important about Fallout 3 was the VAT system. Because now that is implemented into so many games in different mm-hmm. ways. Red Dead 2 has their own uh Dead Eye or Dead Sh- what I can't remember what it's called. I think it's Dead Eye. Um that slow down system. I mean, 10 years sorry 11 years later and games are still integrating that uh, or developers are still integrating that in their games so yeah i think fallout 3 is definitely one that's tough i think you definitely have me on the cultural impact thing i don't know because we were talking about vagrant story and a lot of games like that were using kind of a vat system back in the in the day for rpgs yeah uh, for sure the vat system for sure but that doesn't make them popularized yes exactly yes exactly yeah, I, I look. I love Vagrant Story. I don't know if I could necessarily fight that. It's important. Um, let's Josh. Let's play the game with you here. Uh, and these are slightly subjective, so we can disagree a little. That's fine. Um, God of War important. Well, the first one, you mean? I'm sorry. The the new one that came oh, the, out. Oh, the new year. one. All right. Sorry. I just, um, important. Yeah, I mean, I I think so. I I think, um, (laughs) I'm trying. I think it's important not so much for, yes, for gaming as a whole, but also showing that you can go in a new direction with an IP. Okay. Okay. Is is kind of what because those games have been the same thing for so long that having an IP like God of War not be exactly the same going into a new game. I mean, it's it's not like they're the first ones to do that. We've, we've seen drastic changes from, from other series, but God of War um, making that jump being another, you know, uh, like console baby. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think was that's big. Cool. I think that's going to kind of yeah. show people that we want to see new stuff. At least I hope. Yeah. I hope. I hope that it's influential in that way. For able to Don't see be more afraid experimentation. To completely reimagine it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um Sea of Thieves. Hmm. I don't know. Like I feel like that's becoming important. Like I feel like the way they're handling the whole so many games as a service have been a thing for such a long time. But the way mm-hmm. that game has been handled, um, just kind of I think people are gonna not so much the game itself I mean yeah the game itself but like the way the way the way like everything post launch has been handled with that game is something that people should should absolutely study with the the like all the content that's come out that the different like their content roadmap of that game is really cool um, as far as giving new content all the time, but also stuff that you feel like you want to be there for. Like, we were talking about how cool it was to go fight the Megalodon with just a bunch of different people. Um, Yeah. um, I don't know. Like, I almost feel like it's kind of reigniting the whole working with strangers thing that that you got from, uh, like, EverQuest and WoW back in the day. Um, Yeah, yeah. Kind of the idea you drop you have to drop a bunch of people in a world and you can't survive unless you're all unless you help together. each other and I, I kind of feel like yeah. that hasn't been seen in a while and that that game has yeah. kind of it's found a way to bring it back in an interesting way 
So do you think that, and this is a tricky one, that's why I threw it at you. Do you think that it's marred a little bit by the critical reception of that game? I have really no idea how many people play that game now. I know we loved it. We were one of the few places that were really vocal about it, but I, if a game does something like that, I think it's, it's not going to spawn port. a ton of copycats, but again, like I was saying, like a lot of the time it doesn't have to have an immediate impact on all of gaming around it to be important because if it influences somebody who's going to make a game however long down the road it's mm-hmm. important um it's just you you don't always see it right away uh, yeah yeah and i will say the interesting thing about god of war is it's the only game i've ever seen where they tried to make it like a one-shot movie uh obviously there's some tricks they do there you know because you're just playing the game half the time but it was like a one camera shot thing if you guys remember yeah that. yeah yeah it never it never changed. It was always supposed to be one consistent shot, which is something you'd see in movies like The Revenant well, and stuff like that. If, if we're going to base it off that, I would say Uncharted 4 is more important than God of War. If we're going to talk about the one well, shot uh, filming or still does, like, shooting of a game. Scene transitions, so it's not... Anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, so, so, does, so does God of War, though. No, nope. I mean, God think of War about doesn't have scene to... transitions. No. Yeah, it does. You think about no, when? It doesn't. Yeah, it does. Think about the part where Mimir is in the tree and you have to get him unstuck. That is still a scene transition. I, 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 I don't know. Am I wrong on this? I thought the thing that I don't think was that I don't game. think the camera ever moves. I mean, it, like it moves, but it doesn't ever cut from. There, I, as far as I know, there's only the one simulated camera at any given moment. So like they don't cut. Between oh, you're them. talking about like liter. Oh, you're talking about literally zero cutaway. Yeah, like zero cutaway. I think. Okay. I think that's God fair. Of yeah, that's fair. The first yeah. one I do. That. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking. I thought you were talking about from gameplay to. Um, movie. Yeah. No. No. And, like there's still cutscenes, but like the way they transition into them. I mean, it's something kind of like you know how Final Fantasy VIII did the whole. All of a sudden, there's a movie playing, sort of a thing, and this one took yes. that and decided. It's always going to be like that. It's never going to cut. You're going to just feel like this whole thing is cohesive because we're never going to wrench the camera away from you until you die and you get a loading screen. So, you know, there, that's... Well, in that case, Final yeah. Fantasy VIII is more important <laughs> than God of War. Well, well but I mean, well, the whole... <laughs> but that's, that's like, again, that's the I'm whole... Kidding. These techniques are going to be studied by people who aren't, you're not going to see like an, a direct copycat, but there was a lot of stuff in the PS1 and N64 where people were trying to figure out how to work with a simulated camera. And you see cool stuff yeah. like, like Final Fantasy VIII doing that, uh, like uh, Metal Gear Solid doing really cinematic stuff with their camera. Like it's, it's a top-down like arcade game is essentially what it is, but then they do like really really well-framed shots with with just the in-game camera from, you know, a really primitive system at the time. So... Yeah, and to your point, Shay, I think Uncharted 4, I would consider it important for the te- being a technical achievement at the time. Yeah. Um, until whatever came along a year or two later that, for me, dethroned it. Uh, like, I, I consider anything that's a technical achievement at the time, which is why we would respectfully disagree on Cuphead. I think... Cuphead is an artistic achievement that we might not see again for a long, long time. So I, mm. I think for me, it's, I could make a case it's hard that it's to important. Say, it's hard to say that Cuphead particularly because there are 1930s cartoons that did that same 
art style. And I think it's impressive what Cuphead did, but I also I don't think it's important in the sense that it's going to spawn a bunch of others or the fact that it did something completely unique. But I would say, to your credit, that Red Dead Redemption 2 is very important for its technical achievements. I would say that's probably much more so than God of War, to be honest with you. Like, they both came up as... (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, you don't have to argue with me. I'm just... I mean, look, you know where I stand on this. I'm not... Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was no, thinking about I, that earlier I think today because, because they both came out in the same year. Because they both came out yes, in the same year, I would yes. much rather, mm-hmm. I'd feel much more comfortable saying Red Dead Two is a much more important game from from a technical standpoint, at least. Mm-hmm. God of War, I think God of War is. We're going to see simulated vein. horse balls in everything hey, from now on. They they, shri- they shrivel in the snow, Josh. Uh-huh. In God well, of War, I, yeah. Atreus's balls were already pre-shriveled. Mm. And they stayed pretty I, I think the inter- you know, we don't even know for for sure if the tech was in God of War because it was just so far north to begin with. It's like yeah, it's true. like it's true. What's it's what's what's to even change? Frozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think they they have a little bit of both. Yeah, I'll always remember that one shot camera. And like Josh said, he'll remember the idea of reimagining a game that could be important down the road. If let's say a developer looks at like. I mean, there have been other people that have kind of done it, like Tomb Raider. They said, look, we need to do this completely different, so it's not the first time. But I like where Josh's head's at there. Um, but yes, for with Red Dead, the funny thing is, I don't think other people can pull that off because they don't have eight years and ten bazillion dollars. Yeah. So it's almost an impossible achievement in yeah, that way. The like, influence I just don't there think- is more of a, like an inspiration, like, this is what it can be instead of it's a... It's possible. Gonna, yeah, I don't think it's going to spawn copycats because the copycatting part of it would be throw all the money at a game and that's not really so much a copyable thing as as some others yeah so no it's almost impossible no, it's definitely not copy i think i think i think it's fair to say that we can see the immediate importance of a game like red dead 2 and a big part of that is because of how big the studio is and how much money they have mm-hmm. not that god of war studio isn't big either i just think that it's too early to say God of War is an important game because of the fact that it came out less than a year or about a year ago. We're not going to see the influence of that game for at least another year or two. I think I would be willing to bet because uncharted four is technologically impressive, but we weren't able to really see the influence on that game until two years later when God of War dropped or when red dead two dropped. So I think if we're going based off of, that and other gaming trends we've seen over the years, I think it's fair to say we won't see the true importance of something like God of War, at least for another year. We can recognize the fact that it's doing very impressive things. I just don't know if we'll see that importance. But I could be wrong. I could be very wrong there. Interesting. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so it's a fun topic. Fish, let's give you one before we move on here to talk about some games. Uh, you gotta, I mean, we're all playing the game, right? It's a fun game to play. I get to play it with everyone as they make their choices. Let's give Fish a let's give Fish an interesting one. Let's see how he plays the game here. Um, mm-hmm. what if I throw in your lap Horizon? Is Horizon Zero Dawn an important game? No, I don't necessarily think that game did anything particularly well, other than maybe its graphics at the time. Um, and from a technical p- 
point like they did introduce um some things that i wasn't aware of going on behind the scenes of a video game but i don't necessarily think of that game as something that's um important per se um okay yeah yeah so no hmm interesting oh. i could give you a yes but uh it's like another one of those it's important for like a roundabout reason sort of a thing kind of like i was saying earlier because the whole area damage for that that hadn't really been done on that sort of a scale with with that with a shooter before um Wow, far. that's really that's really getting nuts and bolts there. Area yeah, damage. So, well, I mean, like yeah. the whole being able to just tear <clears throat> the robots apart, like kind of changing the way, um, a the way that you're fighting them, and also changing the AI. Like they start acting differently depending on what damage they've taken, and I think that was yeah. really really cool. And I think it's like one of those technical things that game makers are going to see and go that's fucking cool and find some way to integrate that into games going forward and it's not like we've seen that yet but that's that's definitely i think something that's one of those like kind of it doesn't need to be done but they did it in this game and it's going to be important to people who are making games no i agree with you actually because like I think about something like No Man's Sky and imagine if it had the uh ecological AI of something like Horizon Zero Dawn where those creatures were even more interactive and they had more of that that like independent movement and personality that would have made the game even more involved. Um I absolutely agree with that Josh. I don't know if that necessarily justifies it for everybody as being an important game but i i certainly think it is because um a for the ecological and technological design of those ai creatures um and my actually my my reasoning for it being important was probably less sound than yours but mine was more along the lines of in this generation of games we haven't had we hadn't had that many um powerful important uh female leads in a game i mean we've had tomb raider throughout the years she's important um we've had a few others but with horizon zero dawn she in this generation of games she's a very powerful female character she's the lead she really isn't involved too much in a love story love story isn't what's propelling her forward and i know that's a that's a really big complaint um with a lot of female characters is whenever you see a female character in any story most of the time that that motivation there is because of a love story and so with with this game um aloy's main uh motivation was not love it was figuring out the origins um where what happened with her mother what happened with the society and it, it was really i think it was really important for that i mean it was important to say that like hey a woman can be just as powerful as a man. And I think that's really important even now, especially in our yeah, medium. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're all over the place on this one. Well, fish, I'll back you up. Cause I, well, mm -hmm. almost, I was going to say, I agree with you, but I think that as a technical, I, whenever we did the polls about the technical achievements, 
I did Uncharted 4, Horizon, and Red Dead, and I think Horizon ended up beating Uncharted 4, and Shay was not happy about that. But yeah, for me, my as a technical achievement, it was Uncharted 4, then Horizon, then Red Dead. So I always remember yeah. Horizon for the technical. Like hmm. It was also coming out when the PS4 was pushing that 4K Pro stuff, and it was like just, right. just a technical achievement for me. But I'm with you on the gameplay and everything else for the most part. Uh, okay, last one, Fish. So let's give you a tough one. Um, and then we're going to move on, okay? Everyone else got two, so let's see. Okay. Fun game. <laughs> Don't answer it yet. Not yet. The call's coming from inside the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what's, what's a really good one? How about this? Let's give you Metal Gear Solid 2. That's a fucking weird one. How about that? That is a fucking weird one. Um, as far as importance goes, I, I, I like to think about... Ryan did run around naked. Yeah. Game. He did cover... Well, I like, the, for male nudity. I, like, yeah. I like the fact that Hideo Kojima did indeed, you know, pull off, you know, oh, I'm going to let you play a demo of playing a solid snake and I'll... I'll show you all these cutscenes of Solid Snake going throughout the whole video game, and then, um, you know, the, after the first two hours of playing that game, you're introduced to a whole new character, and that's essentially who you play. Yep. Yeah, pulling off a bait and switch. Um, and I think that's very important as far as like allowing you know developers out there, uh, creative minds to essentially do whatever the fuck they want to do in a video game and have fun with it. You know, a lot of people criticize them for, you know, um, uh, introducing Raiden and not, not, there wasn't that many fans of, of Raiden back then. And, um, yet, you know, me, uh, certain fans of the series definitely enjoyed, you know, that take on the video game of, you know, adding a new character into it while, you know, still having, you know, that iconic uh, character that made, that propelled that series forward. Um, so the plot twist, you're making the case for it being important for revolutionizing the plot twist, the bait and switch, the hoodwinking of, of gamers everywhere. <laughs> essentially, yes. And like, you know, it is true. And now every point. piece of media that is made yeah. has to have a plot twist. <laughs> to, to like to nothing, point, nothing has come out without still... a plot twist in the last 15 years <laughs> yeah uh, to Fish's point though like people still mention that bait and switch and like they'll still be like what if there's a riding situation going on now in uh in uh Death Strait or whatever game he's making or um and it upset a lot of people because Metal Gear Solid was such an important game for the PlayStation there was a lot of like generic people well, i don't want to i don't want to label people that way that sounds like my taste is better but you know a lot of manly men who were like i don't want to play as this skinny little yeah, guy that was a problem i mean it's still a problem with gaming is the whole just dude bro gamer type thing like just like let's make this a boys club like think about mm. how many people were angry about that because oh he's just not as cool as snake think about how many people were mad about the wind waker like i don't want yes, i don't uh, want zelda to be this kitty looking God. game, like that was, that was, I mean, we're still seeing a lot of that just kind of slowly, slowly and painfully dying out in gaming mm -hmm. about saying that, Hey, we can do more than one thing. And yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. It's important because it was kind of ripping the bandaid off of that. Like, Hey, you don't always get your fucking way. Um, yeah. 
It was important right. for the fuck you. It was a rev- yeah <laughs> revolutionizing the middle finger towards to, towards gamers. Everywhere. Yeah, like we can we can do what we want. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can only imagine you know um, what the publisher was telling you know Kojima like oh wow everybody loves Solid Snake and you know Kojima already probably had his timeline of what he wanted in a video game and like i'm sure like there was some conflict between the publisher and him of as far as like what kind of game he could put out there and um you know uh, they probably found a happy medium maybe maybe Kojima wanted to start that game out as you playing as Raiden you know who who knows but um mm-hmm. it's, i thought yeah, that yeah yeah no no i think i'm right there with you as you 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 talked me into it. Um, all right, good one. Okay, all right, and and to be fair, I think it was a tech achievement at the time too. So double whammy. I mean, nothing on the PlayStation looked like that fucking game. If you oh, remember yeah. right. Oh yeah, that that game like ran at like fifty frames per second. Like it was the smoothest game that I've ever played on the. Yeah, that PS2. game still looks in really good. It, I it well, does. Yeah, I went back and played it. We did it for our old podcast. I went back and played it like many, many years later, and I was still like, God damn, this game still looks great. Yeah, it so. still it runs great. It looks great. Doesn't play all that well because the shooting was kind of awkward. They were trying to figure out how to get you to the switching. Yeah. The switching from overhead first to, person. to first person yeah. was yeah. a little that was awkward. A bit awkward. Yeah, but, but other freeze than that, in place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It worked okay, but it was just weird. Mm-hmm. You know? It worked for the time, but yeah. Anyways, uh, it's a fun game. Play it with yourself at home. Play with yourself while you're at it. Play with yourself while you should playing all the play game. with yourself. It's uh, do it. It's healthy. We're pro, we're pro playing with yourself. Mm-hmm. It is healthy. Um, just make sure you're alone. If possible. Well, actually, Close it's not blinds. true. Play with yourself with your significant other. Makes it fun. <laughs> uh, it's it's a fun game to play. And again, thank you for everyone who left a comment. I, I used your comment on the show. I tagged you. And again, if you want to support us, if you enjoy what we do, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. You can join our special hidden VIP page. That's right. Fish. Well, I, I should say we changed the VIP now. It's now the Sword Chomp VIP page. Uh, it's better than ever. Top secret photos, inside jokes, videos we've taken, personal stuff that you wouldn't normally see on the Instagram page goes there. So you get to support us for $5 a month and you get access to a special club. And everyone likes to be part of a club. Let's be honest. It's great. Um, let's talk some Fire Emblem, baby. Woo! We got a little fire. So let's start there because it's a game I know all of us have played, and then we'll just work our way down the track. Um, Shay finally started Fire Emblem, and as we joked earlier, let's give a round of applause for Shay joining the Black Eagles. Good job. Mm-hmm. Right choice. Happy to have you here. Fish, don't clap. You're a blue lion, you piece of shit. <laughs> I'll, I'll still clap. Whoa, whoa. Whoa. He's oh, happy for here. me. Jesus Christ. For fuck's sake, Morgan. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, You're absolutely sorry. (laughs) Uh, I I, I wanted to push that further, but I decided not to. Yeah, good idea. Um, Probably a good idea. (laughs) No, I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about Fire Emblem. You finally got your hands on it. Uh... Chapter seven? Is that where you're at, roughly? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I mean, I've had it for a while. I just, you know, we had Borderlands three. We had some other games drop. So I, yeah, I had played it. Like I just started the game when I had first gotten my Switch, and I was like, all right, I got to put this away for now. 
I got to play the games that are relevant right now. I will come back to Fire Emblem. And when you guys were talking about a, a 60 to 80 hour game, I was like, fuck, I don't know if I want to get into that. Like, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of games dropping this year. And then I put yeah. put it on and uh, 20 hours deep. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> I, how, how could I ever say this in the past? Like, absolutely loving it so far. Yeah, I'm in Chapter 7 right now. I'm getting ready to go do the uh, tournament between the Black Eagles and the Lions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yes. It's weird because they call it that, but the third house will be there. Just as usual, Claude will be dicking around on the side. So, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's that's about where I'm at right now. I just did, I did a like a side battle, like for a mission, to complete a mission or whatever. So uh, I just got, um, what's her name? I always forget her name. The the green haired younger sister. Oh, um, she, it's not Rhea. That's the name of the main lady. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Flynn. yeah, yeah, yeah. Flynn, it's always yeah, difficult Flynn, remembering yeah. their name. Flynn. Thank you. Yeah, there's like a thousand people. There's a lot of game. names to remember. It's a, it yeah, is it's a yeah. big cast. It takes a while. It to is. Kinda... Yeah, but um, yeah. So she just joined the party. So I was trying to get her leveled up a little bit before. Was that the side mission with her and the guy with green hair on the beach? Was that the one you did? No, 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 no. It was just a side battle. It was a side battle. Okay. Okay. There's a, yeah, there's a mission you do with, okay. I was just curious if that was the one. So those are, the side missions are kind of all right because you get, you can probably over level and make the game a little easier, but you get like special weapons and stuff for doing them if you, and Mm. story if you want. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to do them. I, I like, to launch right into it, dude, I was not expecting to like all the sim elements and stuff in the game. I was like, yeah, man, I'm curious. About that. I was like, I'm not really going to enjoy this because like, I kind of enjoyed it in the 3DS games to some degree because like, I always want it. There's always an end goal, which was to pick who you were going to romance, essentially. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so... With this game, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to want to do this again. You know, I did it with um, Fire Emblem Awakening, and then I did it with Birthright, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to want to do this again. And I hop in, and, like, I'm I'm addicted to all of it. Like, I'm... I'm running across the campus. I'm like, oh, I got to go to the uh, the church. I got to give some people advice. And then I'm like, oh, I got to cook with somebody. And then... Uh, I'm like trying, yeah. I'm trying to talk to literally every girl, taking them all the tea, tea time and giving them all presents. Cause I'm like, I go to tea time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Josh just said this privately. He said, which of, which of the students am I going to fuck? And I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm like, <laughs> like that's been me playing this whole time. I'm like, there's all like five them. or six people. There's five or six people I want to romance. And I'm like, Oh, which one am I going to? You know, like I'm like, oh, she's nice. She she'd probably Five be a six. Good, oh, she, she's she'd be a it cool is just person. Just like Shane, in real life. What was I thinking? She'd be, <laughs> she'd be like a cool person to wife, but oh, she's she's a bad bitch. I bet you she's a lot of fun to you know have on your team. <laughs> she's a bad bitch. You know, like that's. <laughs> I just that's, like Shane sitting there in his apartment playing Fire Emblem, going, "She's a bad bitch." <laughs> 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 just sitting there with my switch controller oh god yeah she's a bad bitch just there all by myself in my Wait, are you playing it um mostly handheld or on your tv on my tv wow interesting okay wow that's yeah. cool 
I wanted to bring it on the train so I could play, but um, you know, a lot of people have this perception that Japan is like super in touch with their nerdy stuff. Nah, like I, the only people I ever see playing any 3DS or Switches are either children or just like America, some older people who should probably keep that stuff at home kind of thing. So I was like, oh, come on. Well, hey, hey, look, look, I don't mind. I don't judge those people at all. But being a foreigner, I already have like one knock against me. Like people are already going to stare at me because I'm a foreigner. I'm a tall white foreigner. So to add to that and just carry around a, a switch. Um yeah. just doesn't bulge. Well, the giant well for bulge me. in your pants doesn't help either. I mean Yes, with a giant with a massive with a massive bulge. Like I don't want to be sitting there playing Fire Emblem and have a boner as I'm running around on campus. Which student am I gonna fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know? Well, who are you leaning toward? I got to know who, like, who are your top, let's see, who are your top two dating candidates right now? All right. Let let me get the, let me get the, the list that I wrote down. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Let me get the (laughs) cast. I thought you were serious. I was like, oh man. Cast of character. No, 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 no. That would, that'd be fucked up if I had written down a list and I was like, oh, I got to get these attributes. That'd be like Pokemon levels of creepy. But. So for sure, I want to um, romance um, Edelgard. Definitely, am definitely thinking yeah, about Edelgard. Edelgard's great. Hilda. I want to romance okay, Hilda. Pink hair, yeah, pink hair axe chick. Dorothea. She's from uh, Claude's group. Yep. She is. Who? Dorothea for sure. Really, Dorothea? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Dark yeah, for she's, sure. She's best girl, but is unfortunately not an option. I think. She's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Wait, but, she's not an option? She's not romantically interested? Yeah, I don't think so. Don't you oh. dare say that. Don't you fucking mm. dare say that. Well, you don't. find out something later on, but I can't talk to you guys about it, so... Yeah, don't, don't, we'll don't, yeah, yeah, don't say it, don't say it. I'm don't. not, I'm not gonna spoil okay, it. Okay, good. I do wanna, you know what, I'm still okay. gonna try, Josh. I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that, and I'm gonna <laughs> still keep no, trying. No, you should definitely try, because even if, like, worst case scenario... You, you can still, still be friends, story, and yeah. you still, yeah... You still have good conversations. Petra, you still learn a lot about them. Petra, Petra, I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking a little bit about Mercedes because she talks like this. She's that's, so sweet. Yeah, that's fishes. That's fishes. Yeah, that's fishes. Fishes, fishes <laughs> gonna get jealous there. Look, like, that's my bay. You better stay away from her. <laughs> uh, Flame, Flame. I definitely want to try and romance Flame. Um, and Shamir, Shamir. Is, oh, it's Flame. It's uh-huh. not Flynn. It's Flane. It's Flane, yeah. And and Shamir. Shamir's mm. the bad bitch. Oh, Shamir's badass, yeah. 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 I was kind of like thinking, that. like, Manuela, but she's she's pretty much the town bicycle. I mean... Yeah. I, I, <laughs> she, like, the she, character design is really cool, and, like, a lot of her dialogue early on is really neat, but, like, the more you get to know her, it's like, she just doesn't have her shit together. Like, yeah, Because I ended honest, up recruiting honestly, her, and, like, yeah. every time I talk to her, I'm like... You need to learn how to fucking clean your room. Like, no. Like, no, you're not getting any of this. Like, but, not, not going to happen, there's, lady. like, some 40-year-old <laughs> guy who's playing this game that's like, oh, I can relate to this. You know, like, that's a girl that I... Because, I mean, man, she... Here's the thing. <laughs> she is so forward with her sexual advances, it's it's almost ridiculous, <laughs> the things that well, she like, says. Like, and I, she's I, always I say this in, like, the, the way I'm saying all this, I kind of sound like a pervert, but, like... 
it's fucking weird being 30 years old and like thinking about which characters am I going to romance in a video game. But it goes a step further when like you're going like you're talking to Manuela and you're like, oh, wow, that reminds you of your cheating ex-girlfriend. Yeah, I probably oh. shouldn't romance that one in a video game. <laughs> then it goes then it goes well, and, then it goes there and you're yeah. like oh okay well yeah i'm, I'm definitely not going to romance that character but no it's yeah. it's been fu- i think all that fun. stuff yeah yeah i'm sorry Mary, i was gonna say i think all that stuff works because there's ramifications about the relationships in the in the combat and the gameplay like, yeah. it's not just like a superficial thing um like you build support right. relationships and all that stuff so right and mm-hmm. it, it all it all like in the past it kind of like in the previous games, it had some importance, but it do- it didn't have the level of important importance that it does in this game to do all that supplementary stuff. Because, like, you think like something as simple as like, oh, I'm going to like uh, have dinner with these two characters, and it builds a little bit of rapport there. And you're like, ah, does that really fucking matter at the end of the day? No, not necessarily. But when you do that, you improve their disposition and their mood. And when you do increase their mood, you're allowed to, as their professor, uh, train them in certain attributes at the start of the week. Yeah. Like, it opens that up. And that gets them better, and it gets them more along that line of being more adept at whatever their skills are. And so, I mean, every, like, almost everything has its place in this game, and all the supplementary... uh, missions and experiences that you have in the game make sense except i like i understand why but i don't like finding all of the lost stuff and then running around the oh, campus yeah. trying Not to find that. out where yeah. all the lost stuff yeah i just used a guide for that because like and like it's does like, it even it feels value? like does it, even it feels like it's because everything is like a time management sim that's just free experience essentially so if you miss it it's like, it's not like you chose to do something different. You, it's like you skipped it, but it's also not interesting. So like, it's a very just convoluted a way of that. grinding. Like, just do it and be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I don't like that stuff either. Uh, and there's this funny thing you can do. It's it's like someone had made a video about it. It was like a joke where when you find an item and you have to go talk to someone to see if it's theirs, you literally have to click through every item you have. And they're like, that's not mine. That's not mine. That's not mine. That's mine. And you why would you, have to click why would you think I had this? Why would you think I had this? Why would you think yeah. I had this? Why would you shut the fuck up? Just take the goddamn yeah. item. And then finally like, oh, that's mine. Thank you. Here's a lot of nothing. It's like, okay. No, I have, um, yeah. I have. Most Two of them are fairly obvious, but every now and then it's just like, yeah, yeah, like a, just like a, a silver amulet, it's just... like a a character who likes jewelry. Not one of these fucking characters has ever talked with me about jewelry. How the fuck should mm-hmm. I know? Yeah, I know. It's right? Like this could literally be anyone. <laughs> it was Manuela, right? She and that's that and it's it's a little bit dif- it's a little bit difficult with those key conversations too because it gives you the three options and yeah, fuck, I'm gonna sound like a fucking pig but like sometimes like like some like i almost always go no i always go to tea time with the girls but then like it's a specific girl and you're like for example if it's the one that fish likes a lot she's like oh i really so i'm like uh what is the most boring shit yeah that anyone would yeah. ever talk about <laughs> oh, you're gaming it yeah that's got to yeah. be her choice and then it's not and then you're like what the fuck like what the fuck would your choice be like the choices are like comrade tactics uh 
the last time you were romantically involved with someone and uh, recipes. And you're like, oh, it's got to be the last time she was romantically involved with someone. Nope, it's probably the tactics one. All right. Yeah, I I should fucking know that. That's weird. Well, I mean, but... Yeah, but you'll learn more about that as you get to know her, though. Like, you might think even, she's more boring even now. Even before but... you get to know them, like, they have a character bio in, like, their, like, just in the stats sheet. Josh, they give stuff away. Uh, yeah. y- y- you're, you're, I never spent, like, here's the bane of my existence for video games. If you guys ever want to know how sometimes I'm so bad at video games, it's because I never enjoy spending time in the menus. Ever. I fucking hate spending time in the menus. That's like why in Final Fantasy VIII, when Sheesh. I played it the second time, and you had the elemental junction attack and defense ability, I didn't learn that the first time because I fucking hate menus. <laughs> with this game, like with Pokemon, when that's people... Fish's favorite part of a video game is the menu. I'm Jesus sure it Christ. is. But like with like <laughs> so, some people are reading like, oh, the Pokedex Pokemon things, like oh, they have funny little blur- blurbs. I'm like, you guys. Like, there's a million things you could be doing rather than spending it in the menu. But, like, I respect that. I respect that. Some people are intelligent and patient and spend time in the menus. I am neither of those things. I just want to get the fucking game going so I don't spend any time in the menus. Mm-hmm. Oh, set him off there. Thanks a lot, Josh. Uh, I would say... And uh, further! Too, no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> too, too funny. Sometimes you can play a, like a, a thing in your mind. The other day I had this weird like erotic fantasy uh, with uh, Sylvain and Bernadette. Um, so like I sent them out to do the horse riding stables together because I wanted them both to get better at riding. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> anyways, so... They're out there, and it, they're interesting because Sylvain is very outgoing. He's like he looks like Ferdinand, but he has the cooler hair, and he's on the Blue Lions, and he's like a he's like a jock, but he's like very like suave, right? And Bernadette is so afraid to even leave her room. She's like, oh no! And and they actually get support stuff together now, which is interesting. They have conversation with each other, but I just imagine Sylvain being like this like suave man who's got her in like the horse stable, and she's like, oh, oh, oh no! And it's just like. <laughs> And then he's, I don't know, like, it's just... <laughs> I've never understood that about, like, Victorian-era romance novels and stuff. Like, why why would you want to ever do that in a stable where you've got all these yeah, horses stinky. standing around just just yeah. really and blowing expectations reach. out of, out oh, of the water? Yeah. Like, that's just... Emasculating. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's that, too. You know, like... <laughs> Now that you're mentioning it, Morgan, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. <laughs> Who can compete with these fucking horses, Matt? What? 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 I'm surprised Fish sure. didn't go for Bernadetta. That seems more like his kind of girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, the girl who locks herself in her room and doesn't ever want to come out. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what? Every time I do come up to her door, I'm just like, man, I really want to just go in your room and like have a conversation with you. But she, every time she's just like, oh no. I'm just eating my soup right now. Just you leave me alone. Earn your, you have to earn your way to talk to her, man. You can't do it unless she's on your team. She's right. Black Eagles, too. You might as well start over on hard. Failure. Your blue lions. I'm just kidding. You know, Bernadetta would be a hot lay, too, I would imagine. Oh, you're my first. Violet. You had, to, you had to bring it, like, three steps further. You had to bring it three steps further. I got more steps to go. Uh, and then also, um, <laughs> he said that so casually. I got more steps to go. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I kind of do. I'm going to do a line of coke off that oh. horse's boner in the stable. What? One? What other? Co- 
Well, the stable would be stinky. I mean, she's always going to have flashbacks of losing her virginity with the smell of manure. So that's going to be scary. But she's um, she's also going to be remem- remember it by being coked up as well. Man, we did. No, we, no, no. Sylvain oh, we, is we, a gentleman. We, we, Come on. we did that line of coke off of that, that horse, horse's boner. Oh, my. And then we oh, fucked. Honest- Honestly, though, I had a support conversation where Sylvain came over and he was like, I saw this book you left out and I read it and it was, it was really great. You're an incredible writer and all this stuff. And she was, and it was like really sweet because she was embarrassed and all this stuff. So like, he's not like a dick or anything. They actually had a, a some interesting, uh, it's very anime. Like it's well, it's, you know, it's well voice acted and it's cute, but it's, it's, it's still anime. Yeah. It's very well voice acted. This game is very well voice acted, to be honest with yeah. you. That's something I it's noticed. Extremely well, especially the- considering the size of the cast too. Like, yeah, it's not like they got one or two good voice actors to do the main cast. It's like they got a huge cast of characters voiced extremely yes. well. Yeah, which is yeah. and they all vo- interact with each other in mm-hmm. different ways. Like if you have somebody yep. like cross, they cross you know yeah. paths or cross pollinate whatever. Uh, also, yeah, one and, funny thing, and, and without spoilers, just oh, real sorry, quick, go ahead, one thing, go, go, go. one yes, quick sir. thing I wanted to say, and then I'll let you go. With the previous games, like there were some characters who were voice acted pretty well, but some of them were just cringe. Like you think about some of the vo- main characters, and they were like, "Okay, today we are going to fight in yeah. the arena. Let's go! I'm Roy." You know, like things like that. Yeah. But this game, like none of, I haven't felt cringe about any of them. Um, and there's enough variety there. I, re- I, it was honestly, I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think about like, honestly, voice acting is usually not on, at the front of my mind, but I caught myself yesterday as I was playing, or sorry, a few days ago as I was playing and I was like, wow, this is really well voice acted. Like not a yeah. single person has annoyed me. And I yeah. actually really yeah. enjoyed, like, it makes the talking like the, those supplementary interactions I was talking about much more pleasant when it's well done. It makes you want to invest yourself more into that additional content. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for the reason I went in with Edelgard was mostly cause I thought she was a hot blonde chick that looked cool, but I was, but, but she actually ended up being a really cool character Yeah, and like interesting. So, and, uh, like her, as you're going to get deeper into her motivations and stuff, like, yeah, she's now one of my favorite characters of the year because yeah, like, so I, I don't want to ruin things, but her, her story goes really, really cool places, and uh, and you're gonna get fully animated cutscenes and all sorts of stuff. So I got, that, that, I got that impression that early on. Not. It's funny that you mentioned that. I'm sorry, and I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Um, just one thing I want to say fine. is, I I really, yeah, she's really cool character. I noticed that at the beginning, like Claude just felt like basically like a suave type of character. The other guy, I don't even really remember what my first impressions of him were, but Edelgard, she seemed like this very three-dimensional character. Um, and she seemed like the only one who was intriguing at all. Not, like, not because of your reasons, Morgan, unfortunately. I can't take that journey with you. But, um, no, she just seems like this complex character, and a lot of things are driving her. And the the dialogue that they give you at the beginning when you first interact with her really lent itself to that. So it seemed like she was the most interesting yeah. character between the three. And she'll straight up stay shit. Like the other day I was playing, catching up to try and get a refresher with Shay. And then I got addicted again, but uh, she was saying shit like, yeah, sometimes you need sacrifices in war. It's going to happen. If it's for the greater good, then 
I am okay with sacrifice. And I was like, damn, <laughs> like she, she knows, like she f- believes in what she believes in. She's very firm. She's driven. She's just, and she's got some depth to her when you, when you get deeper into it, I don't want to ruin too much, but I think you'll like the ride where it goes. Yeah. I like a lot of characters in there. They have their own motivations. They have certain things that they're strong about. And then there are some other characters who are, are unsure of things like Bernadetta is one of those characters who just is unsure of herself. But then you have, uh, the mage, uh, the, the healer guy from, um, the, 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 uh, black Eagles. I can't remember his, I see. I forgot Linhart. everybody's fun. Yes. Yeah. Linhart. Yeah. Like he's a little strange. Yeah. He's strange, but he's strong in his convictions to sleep. And look, I mean, like everybody's got something, but like, <laughs> yeah. he, like, here's the thing. Well, it's, it's he's not even he's just very that. passionate like and adamant yeah, his... about it. He loves it. Mm-hmm. To sleep. It's not just that, but it's, like, his whole kind of outlook is, like, he knows he's a noble, but doesn't want to kind of force the role that that generally means on to, not just himself, but, like, the people around him. Like, so he ends up kind of going and doing his own thing, and, like, even even if it means not kind of doing the stuff that he's, you know, expected to do. He's very blasé about it. He's very blasé about it. Like it's, it's like, it's like almost cheerful indifference is what I'm saying is like, basically like he doesn't like fish dislike it, but he doesn't really like it either. Like he's, I think he, he's aware that he's like fortunate that he's in that circumstance, but he doesn't care about it. You know, like he's not Mm -hmm. like, he's not like someone like Dorothea who is very much, she was a commoner and she wants to be in that world where he like, it's, it's like this dichotomy within your team. Like you have one character who is outside looking in and you have one character who is in, but eh, not quite looking out, but doesn't really care either way. Like his lot in life is his lot in life kind of thing. Do you think that, I wonder if he gets more, I wonder what his, I wonder what he gets to be like when you get deeper into his is like when get he a glass. More about Jesus Christ! What, what fish, is fish over there drinking bottle? whiskey straight out of the bottle. Like wow, mm. it's okay, it's okay, Josh. It's okay. Okay, like, kill yourself, damn. I'm just trying to die here, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Just fuck this fire die. emblem conversation. It's like, it's like, well, I know how uh, to get out of this. Is there any drinkers <laughs> in fire emblem? No, yeah, no, I agree with you. It's just, I wonder if he gets more, like, okay, so what do you guys know? This is the last thing I'll say. Maybe next week we'll actually talk about the gameplay. Um, Next week, uh, do you, what do you guys know about the, the jump that happens? Because I don't want to say too much, but, like, what do you know about it already? I mean, I know there is uh, a time jump, like, in several jump, of yeah. them yeah. at this point. But, that, yeah, like, that's I've all I've really read up about it as far as, like, I've tried not to spoil that just because... Like I'm don't yeah, they always have a time jump, it. but like that's I knew that going into it. So, um, yeah, well, that I mean, can say I know, this that, I know non- that Morgan talked about it about the time jump, so that's all I know about as well, pretty much. Okay, it's it's around it's around chapter twelve, I believe, and there's also a couple of things you're getting really close, Shay, because when you I'll just say this now, there's not a spoiler when you get to the ball. Shit's gonna start rolling. Okay, there's like a classic like school ball kind of a thing, Harry Potter style, um. They lead up to that for a couple chapters beforehand. So when you get to the ball, cradle it. Got it. Yes, when you get to the ball, it will start rolling. Um, Cradle the balls. Got it. (laughs) 
cradle the ball. There, anyways, what I'm gonna say without spoiling anything is there was a character named Liani in the game. And she has like short orange hair and she's following Geralt around, which really got me mad because I was thinking that she was trying to fuck Geralt and it made me uncomfortable, you know, because Geralt's my man, my father character kind of a thing, you know. Um, but she really loves Geralt or Gerald. How do you guys say his name? Gerald? What do you mean? How do you say it? Like you're actually asking or you're asking us how we particularly say it? Yeah, we're back to this again. Okay, I'm just going to say Gerald. Why not just call him Geralt? Since that's what all the voice acting <laughs> in the game does. Because it's The Witcher. Does. Um, okay. I know they say it in the game, but I haven't I hadn't played yeah, it Yeah, I know. While, it's been so. forever. I, I can't even remember how um, they pronounce it. So. But he, this girl, it, Leonie, like... like a, you, it, you can't pick a pronunciation scheme and go with it, because an awful lot of it is based off of UK pronunciation, and then a lot of the other ones are just... They a lot of them, they just pick kind of pick and choose, so you can't even the, just guess. No, you're right. Yeah, you're hundred percent right, Josh. I was all I'm going to say is that like going through the second time now on. So I'm doing hard a hard Black Eagle playthrough. I have a hard Dimitri playthrough that's halfway through, uh, right before the time jump, and I I stopped that because I just I just cannot side with. The, I just don't like the blue lions. I can't do it. Um, but I'll go back and finish it eventually. But my point is this. There's characters that you see after the time jump that look drastically different, and Leone, this is a very, 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 very minor spoiler you will not care about. It's about her physical appearance. She looks so beautiful after the time jump that I've started uh, really dating her now on this playthrough because I know what's going to happen after the time jump, right? Um, But before, I wasn't as interested in her because, you know, for whatever reason. So there's some, (laughs) some, I know that sounds creepy, but there's some cool stuff like that. Um, you should see Mercedes after the jump, Fish. Wow. Oh. Oh. Maybe okay. it's worse. Maybe it's worse. Ugh, I don't remember. Uh-oh. Maybe it goes backwards. Uh-oh. Oh. What about Manuela? It, we'll, we'll take this up next week. I actually started another playthrough, and I'm going to play through it while playing The Outer Worlds. So um, yeah. I wanted to be able to talk about it more. Yeah. I wanted to tell one quick story, because... Okay. Um, I've been a little bit frustrated with the fact that, like, in order to get the dark seal, in order to promote your one of your characters, or there are two characters that can be promoted by the dark seal, you have to either steal it from the death knight or kill the death knight early on, or KO, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And so, I honestly looked that up because I had no idea. I was like, wait, why is there this like dark mage thing? It's talking about a dark seal. I haven't even heard anything about a dark seal or seen it kind of thing. And I didn't even know about the steel command, like all this shit. So I'm looking it all up and I just finished chapter four and I was like, oh, fuck, I'll wait till chapter six then, I guess, because it's every two chapters that you encounter the death knight. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm going to fight him in chapter six. Uh, you know, I was doing that mission where you kind of go through that little maze to get to him at the top of the area and I'm going to fight yeah. him and I kill all the cronies and then he disappears. And yeah. I was like, uh, I, I literally, I talked about this with Morgan on the podcast. Yeah. This exact same That's mission really funny. because I misread the, uh, the, the, um, the clear command, uh, the clear condition. Which, and basically yeah. everything else is like, do this and do this. And this was one of the first ones that had an or, and I just didn't read the or because it's, it yeah. happens more often later on, but it was like the first time. 
I did the exact same thing. I'm like, all right, we're completely, completely cleared out here, and then I'm going to go steal this thing. And then the mission ends, and I'm like, god damn it. I can either replay this hour-long mission or just go on with it. I just went on with it. But <laughs> I did the I exact same thing in the it. exact yeah, same mission as you. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I replayed it because... Um, oh, you did replay it. <laughs> I did because I missed some of the chests. I missed some of those chests. Ah. Uh, but I still missed the seal. But anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> somehow still miss the seal. But anyways, um, there's that one mission where you fight the, the beast, that first big beast. And that's when you learn, mm-hmm. I think that's chapter five, where you learn about the, um, how like some of those special uh, seals that you have, if you don't, if you, granted, this is early on in the game. This is a minor spoiler. I apologize in advance. Um you learn that basically if you have a seal that's not technically supposed to be yours, then it can corrupt you. At this point in the game, this is what you learn. And I'm assuming there's going to be a lot more that goes into that later. It's good foreshadowing. But anyway, so you get to that point, and then you're fighting this beast, and you like this beast has like three sections of health. And I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to win this battle. And, uh... Edelgard had just gotten the like the Beast Slayer fucking combat art or whatever it's called. And so the she's just sitting there fucking beating the shit out of this guy. Like just straight up working his ass. And mm-hmm. so like the first bar of health I had a little bit of trouble on, but once you knock all four sections of that shield off, then he's kind of frozen for a bit. So I I did that and then um I used some gambits on him to kind of slow him down as well and then i get to the final uh, bit of health and then edelgard like i use that ability and just like because the the boss had like 70 health she critted for like 168 points of damage and i was like what the <laughs> fuck edelgard i was like like when that happened i was like that's when shay fell in love yeah that's what i was like i kind of <laughs> want I like what's up like i heard you don't have a husband or boyfriend what's up kind of thing but no like i was just like it was so cool like crits crits rarely ever in a game do something like that and so i really like in this game like because i've had a few very timely crits and it feels like it feels good it does feel good like it's it's rare in a game that you get a timely crit and i i don't think there is a genre or subgenre of games that those timely crits come more into effect than a tactics game because shining force that's happened to me multiple times through my playthroughs fire emblem it never has felt not just this game other fire emblem games it never feels better when you timely crit a character ever like it's it's one of the best best like like it's cool that they put crits in games but rarely does it ever pay off like, especially when you kind of class into it. Like, I think of something like Borderlands 3 that we recently played, where you can kind of class into that to where you get high crit percentage, but it never feels like... Like, it, it's... I mean, it's removing a few extra seconds of the bullet sponginess of the enemies, but it never, like, really feels like it truly benefits you to class into a crit. Whereas this game, like, if you get a crit, or, like, these style of games, it truly benefits you. It's a weird, it's a prolonged conversation I could have about that, but maybe we'll do that a little bit more next week. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. To touch base let's, let's move on, yeah. Um, on that. But yeah, no, it's, 
there's a there's a lot to talk about. So, um, especially for me. But let's move on for now. We want to run through some quick games here with Josh. We still have the Outer World to talk about, and of course, polls. This is gonna be one of our more gargantuan shows in show history. Um, so Josh, you already talked about Sayonara Wild Hearts earlier, but you gave me a list. Were these all Apple Arcade games that you sent me on your list? Uh, let me find the that text. I... No is my initial gut reaction, but let me make sure. Okay. Well, I have it right here in my in my notes, so I can read them to you. What the Golf, I know that's... Um, yeah, What the Golf Apple was arcade. an arcade game. Sayonara World in Hearts is, is um, arcade and a bunch of other stuff. Um, Children of Morta is actually one of the games that I kickstarted years and years ago, and it finally came out... Um, September? I, I, I'm, let me make my notes. I'll check. It was either August or September when it finally released. Let me check. But came out, and I was too busy at the time to play it, so I finally got into that. It was... I see. Your September 3rd. So, right at the beginning of okay. um, September. But that is a... Another game uh, I've never heard of. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a... Uh, rogue light um sort of like that's that's kind of what they're going off of but it really feels more like uh diablo as far as like you're actually progressing a story as you go like each it's it's a dungeon crawler is it loot driven like diablo no um it's it's the same sort of like top down uh dungeon crawling sort of a game um but it's way more story driven um, okay. than than a lot of the other ones because so it's more like a Gauntlet Legends, like over the top, but it's combat driven and stuff like that instead of loot driven. Yeah, sort of like that. It's got the, like the interesting thing about it is like the dungeons themselves are all um, like randomly generated, but as you go through, you'll unlock like new areas and new um, new story beats. Um, because you're trying to figure out why the world is corrupted and what's going on with that and how, how you can, how your family can fix it. Um, so you can play as a bunch of different characters there. It's got a, uh, like a co-op mode in there where you can like each play as different members of the family, which I've not had a chance to, to play yet, but looks like it'd be really good. Um, the combat is really solid for, you know, like in a Diablo style game where you're kind of, you know, clicking on stuff until it dies. Um, because as it's got <laughs> that's yeah i mean it's yeah. it's got it's got a uh it's it's got a good rhythm to it as far as like seeing enemy attacks and uh you know just kind of backing away from them and stuff it just it, it feels good it feels really good and the story has been really interesting so far it like, does a really good job of like after every run whether you finished it or died it's got a like whenever you would die you kind of get summoned back to the house instead of actually dying so they can kind of keep the whole all your progression sticks with you, so you level up and get different skills and whatnot. Um, and also, mm-hmm. you're, you know, so the whole family doesn't just die as you're going through this game. Um, but it mm-hmm. does a good job of giving you different story beats uh, every time you're done with the run. Like, whether you made progress on, like, the main story or not, like, there's going to be different stuff happening around the house and kind of letting you, letting you get to know these characters uh, better. What made you want to back it when you first heard about it? Um, the first thing was just the pixel art because it's it's got like a really dense pixel art 
style to it. Like it's it's not um like it's it's pixel art, but it's like really, really detailed compared to um a lot of other games that had been um kind of using that style at first. And so they released, you know, a lot of the art that they had initially done and that already looked amazing and the game just has gotten better looking since then. Um, so yeah. really it, it was the art at first. I'm like this, a, okay. a I liked yeah. roguelikes and that's kind of what they were, you know, showing like a really, really gorgeous pixel art roguelike. Um, so yeah. Had the people involved made anything else you were familiar with? Or? Uh, no, I think this is their first, first thing. Um, okay. and yeah, they did a really, really good job with it. Um, did you finish it already? I am almost done with it. Like it's, I've been, okay. I would have finished it on Wednesday, but we had the, uh, the horror month stream that Shay and I, and have you guys been doing horror games? What do you get? I think you guys have been playing other stuff, but, nope. um, well, no, we kind of got fucked, but I'll talk about that later. Our stream schedule has been kind of weird. Yeah. It's you. been strange this month, but anyway, like Shay and I have been doing a bunch of horror games this month. So, um, mm-hmm. Haven't finished it yet. I should be knocking out that. I was telling you, I was like next to finishing like three games right now. So, yeah, there's another one on your list that you said you were just about to finish. Was it called In- Inmost? Most. Yeah, and that's another one of the indie games that I have been looking for. It's on my phone. I downloaded it. Yeah. Oh yeah, looking forward to all year. That. And it is another pixel art game, but this one is really cool because it's like a Game Boy style pixel art. Um, with, with the, it's mm. got that sort of unbacklit LCD screen vibe going on with it. Mm-hmm. But again, way more detailed than you could actually pull off on a Game Boy and way more uh just real estate. Like they don't make it really, really massive pixels like you would have had with that. It's it's well it's it sorry, go ahead. I know it's chucklefish, but it's kind of like the vibe of the game when I it was like you make sure you play with headphones and they said it was really it said, Inmost is a moving story of loss and hope with themes including traumatic death and some may find emotionally upsetting. <laughs> that was the first thing the game says. Yeah, it, right? it it's it's a platformer, but it's it's kind of varies between a combat platformer and a puzzle platformer because you're you're playing as three different characters that all have like the same basic move set, but do things differently. Like you're playing as a young girl who can like, can't jump. So you can like kind of barely climb up stuff. Um, and then like the, the major, uh, main character is, um, it's like a middle-aged guy who can just kind of do the normal platforming type things. And then Mm -hmm. the third one is this knight who can't jump. Um, or do like any of the puzzling stuff, but in all his sections, you're doing a lot of combat. So it's got like, um, different enemies that you're fighting, like all the stuff that you have to run away from as the other characters, you, you fight as the knight. Um, and like all these stories are kind of like, you'll finish a section and, um, like it'll move you back and forth between all these three characters, kind of getting the different stories happening at the same time that, um, are not as different stories as you think as you like when you start the game like you kind of realize how they're oh, obviously it's kind of what 
storytelling 101, like how all these stories end up fitting together. Um, yeah. But it's it's cool because you end up getting the gameplay broken up and just a very different vibe in each of them. Um, and like on top of that, it's just, it's gorgeous. Like it's some of the best pixel art in a long time because it does, it limits itself so much as far as like, this is, this is the, the overall style we're going to get, but we're going with like Game Boy. It's supposed to look like a Game Boy game. Um, but then also cheating at every possible turn. Like I said, with the whole way more pixels on screen, it's got lighting effects and particle effects that are just completely impossible on a Game Boy. So it's, 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 it's good. It's like, it's, it's really, really good. Uh, and the way they're, they've been telling cool. the story, switching between characters has been just really solid. Yeah. I had it on my phone. I just hadn't had time to get into it yet. All right. Yeah. I, I yeah. Um, like, this is one of the ones that I've been waiting for all year since it was announced. And so it's been like in my steam wish list for forever. Um, and then, yeah, like I saw it this morning. Um, like I think Apple tweeted about it, like showing one of their things and it's, they ended up getting like a timed exclusive deal with it for, I don't know how long, I don't know when it's going to end up releasing on everything else. Cause it was already announced for like steam and switch and all the things. But, uh, yeah, I saw that it was all sudden out. And so that was, that's been my morning and it's been really great. So I see that you're still hacking away at what the golf, which is a game that has taken <laughs> the world by storm a little bit. Yeah. I, I actually finished it yesterday. Um, which is yeah it's just it's just fun like it's one of those things that i haven't like i've just been like i'll play a level here or there because it's just so random and it's just something you can kind of pick up and like it it is a great mobile game as far as that goes like it's it does it's not a game that's going to last forever like a lot of the endless type games but it's something you can pick up and play a chunk of like um it'd be like another great switch game it's a great mobile game it's 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 great to play and and just so that's awesome yeah i know i'm with you i'm still kind of playing it here and there Mm -hmm. i just have sort of a version of playing things on my phone but i'll try to get over that um yeah this one uh, this one because like um we were talking earlier about using the controller and whatnot this one's one that you don't need a controller for at all like it works perfectly fine with all the the phone great on the phone yeah yeah. and so because of that that's why i have stuck with it because it's something like and like i've got you know two minutes here or there, like I'm on the can, just break that out and play, play a couple levels or something. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it really kind of fills that role amazingly. Yeah. But you haven't been so addicted to it that you're like, I want to play this right now, even when I'm not on the can. I mean, I've picked it up and played it other times as well, but like it, it, it fills that other role so perfectly that it just kind of, it's the game that I play in between everything else I've got going on. So yeah, it's a nice like little bite size mm-hmm. appetizer. Yeah, I feel you on that. What's what's the Bradwell conspiracy? Uh, that is a first person walking simulator type thing. Um, that takes a lot of cues from Portal, as far as like hmm. let's introduce this strange mechanic and see how you figure it out. And like the mechanic in this one is that they've discovered programmable matter. And so you've got a gun that can, like, absorb anything made out of this certain material that they found, and then using blueprints, kind of like 3D print an exact copy of this other thing. So you need to find different places that you want, objects that you find in a level in order to get through it. Although it's, 
there's way less puzzling going on here that compared to something like portal it's it's like it's 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 fairly straightforward it ends up being more of a narrative experience than um like the puzzles there just to kind of get you to slow down and think about it um more so than just being extremely extremely strong on its own like portal uh, which okay was was another one of did, those... how did you hear about this where did you hear about this the bradwell conspiracy uh, it was one of the apple arcade games that just looked interesting because it was like oh okay, it, like, okay. I wouldn't have picked it up if it weren't on apple arcade um mm-hmm. and was yeah i i enjoyed my time with it it doesn't because it's a first person game it doesn't run all that well on a phone um like a lot of the other games have yeah, run the just controls fine. On a, yeah, can you can use a controller? You though, can right? use a controller, but um, that, like it doesn't run all that well. Like oh, performance wise, gotcha. like yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure like that you know whatever the newest iPhone is would probably run it better, but mm-hmm. it's still like considering the graphics that are going on there, it just doesn't feel like it's optimized extremely well. Um, yeah, so you end up with like like, you end up should, with, it feels like it should work better. Yeah, you end up with like blurry textures and stuff. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I still think the best, it's weird, it's it's strange, because I like Apple Arcade for the money, it's hard for me to say that all the games you get for $5, especially on the go, and the fact that you can connect your controller, like, I don't have any issues with the price, it's just, my two favorite games are on other things, Over yeah. Overland, which I was into for a while, and then Sinar Wild Hearts is probably the best, my favorite thing I played on there, so, um, even though it took a while for me to get into it, once I pulled out the controller and got a couple levels into it, I, I really enjoyed it, so... Yeah. It's weird, you know, like, yeah, I think it's a cool thing, but I wish that some of those are a little more exclusive to Apple Arcade to to really sell that to people. You yeah. Know? Yeah. They have gotten a lot of timed exclusive, like I like I've said, but. Yeah, like the the exclusive exclusives aren't as big of a sell, but then yeah. again, the platform and the price are both great. Yes. So I, I think that's kind of the selling point for me, because I like I said, the with the Bradwell conspiracy, I w- that's on, you know, PC or whatever else. It, it's not something I probably would have picked up without it being there. So I don't know. Like that's true. It kind of lets you. It's easy to try yeah, new it stuff. Is. Like I, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it, it feels like the sort of thing. It's. I feel like what the golf was perfect for that because it 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 fills that role so well. But there are a lot of other games that'll kind of just. Yes. Like, okay, I'll I'll check this out. Kind of see see what's going on with this. Is what the golf an exclusive? Uh, no, that's also on timed another, exclusive. Another, no, I think that's already oh, okay. on other things. Um, damn, I know I've seen it I'm on try, PC. I'm trying to make a case here for the arcade. Yeah, I know that's I've seen it on I'm PC. It. I'm not sure what else. Um. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what well, else it's cool. on. Yet. I wonder how much they're selling that for. I'm wonder, I wonder how much what the golf. I think is it's a twenty dollar game. Which holy shit! I'd actually pay for just like it's it's really good like it's a really fun game um but again mobile suits it better than anything else like pc or anything else that it's going to be on feels like it was almost designed yeah exactly like it is a it is an absolutely perfect apple arcade game um i i think you'll laugh about this josh one of the games i tried and thought was not great was the number one game on the apple arcade do you know what i'm talking about uh i assume grindstone is still there or is it no no uh, ocean horn oh too. T- is it okay yeah i've not even tried it, that it yet. was it it, looks... that game is like uh like bargain bins breath of the that's wild that's what i was basically. hearing it was like it's a breath of the wild like yeah. and that's not that's not an experience <laughs> i want on my phone really no no and like, it's we, like without it's, any it's of the personality like, 
we talked about at the time, like when Breath of the Wild came out, like it's great on Switch. It's something you can pick up, find a short-term goal for yourself. But it's not a yeah. short enough term goal that it would work on phone. Um, yes. And I don't yeah. know if they scaled this back enough that... It, I don't know. I, I need to try it to find out if they did scale it enough to do that. But then again, if they scaled it to the point where it's a small enough goal you can do on the phone, I don't know if it would even feel the same at that point. So. No. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And like, yeah, so I just think that's funny. That makes me laugh. Yeah. It's in I the need, top I do need to try that one. So. You should, just to get a laugh. I think you will. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just like the epitome of like a generic ripoff. Mm. The first Ocean Horn got a little more uh, love because it was like a top down. It was like sort of like an isometric uh, Wind Waker, mm. um, but cheaper. Um, but people are just like, hey, well, you know, there's a lot of heart here. Yeah. I just think it's, you know, this imagines, I feel like this is a game a lot of kids would download because it's basically like Zelda. It's, you know, and but cheap. <laughs> Yep. I, cheap sounds bad it's just uh, just bargain bin is the term i use for that stuff um but yeah okay well that's a good rundown for the week i want to get some more stuff on there i think what's your favorite thing on there so far the your favorite thing on the arcade that you've played if mine is wild hearts and then overland what would your two be uh i'm mean, saying our wild hearts although like like we said before it's not an exclusive and i think it plays yeah. better on other stuff like i feel like it's better on switch it's better uh, that yeah. that one's one that's better on just on the PC, because that one, since it's on Apple Arcade... Or with a controller. Well, yeah. No, just, like, on PC, like, it's played on my Mac. Like, it's... You don't think about it being graphics-intensive, because it's, like, line art and stuff, but seeing yeah. the vector art, like, extremely, extremely crisp, actually, it it's one of those things you notice more. You know, that would be a great VR game, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would it be would. A I mean, it's VR one of those things, game, like, it, 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 you don't think about it as being super graphics-intensive, but, like, starting... Like I noticed this a ton when we were kind of going through, like when Blu-ray became a thing, going back and getting like Disney cartoons from like the fifties mm-hmm. and stuff. There's so much detail put in these things that you just didn't get to see whenever you watched them on VHS as a kid. Um, and that's kind of what yeah. I was feeling like with Sayonara Wild Wild Hearts. Like, yeah, there's there's more like detail missing, yeah. there than you're getting on a phone. Um, yeah. and it's not stuff that you'd even know that you're missing. Even it's not like, oh man, there's they're it's like if you're playing Mortal Kombat on the Switch or something. It's not the same experience. Like you don't even realize you're missing it, but then once you see it, it's yeah. really cool. So, I feel like if I could, had a way to play that in VR, it would have had a much deeper effect on me. Um, and I, it's weird that it's not a VR game because it's so res. It like the the style they use, the music, the the yeah. gameplay. Well, it feels like it'd be a perfect fit. Ex- they, except that the whole experience is so scripted that like. Like, if you were looking around, I don't think it would work all that well. Like, because they've got, like, they move the camera on you and stuff. Um, well, but Thumper is the same way and it works great. Thumper, you're in first person the whole time. Well, I mean, not first person, but like just right over the top. They don't move the camera. Um, well, yes, yes. Whereas this mm, one, yeah, I don't know. You, like, yeah. every time a new enemy or something shows it up, res? it will fly you way up to them to kind of show you a close up view of what you're seeing. And so the camera ends up moving and awful lot and also yeah anyway i I don't think it would work all that maybe i mean i can't look i don't know i haven't if they may yes maybe that's the case you know maybe it's a little too specific what they're going for anyways nice rundown for the week it's josh's apple arcade minute uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, several minutes i guess um 
And yes, I think we both agree that if you have Apple Arcade, grab a controller and try Wild Hearts, nothing else. Um, sayonara! Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? Uh, Shay, I played your favorite game this week. Borderlands 2! <laughs> okay, and how was it? Um, it's pretty cool in VR. Honestly, it's weird going back because we've played so much Borderlands 3 that like yeah i'm still not a huge fan of borderlands 2 as a whole it feels really old like when you go back to play an older open world game like that the world feels very empty (laughs) there's like five people that you come across in the first like six hours you're like it's it's different you know yep yeah that's what i was trying to tell you like when we were talking about like all the technical issues and stuff like that i was because i remember you saying you you didn't think it looked that much better but it really does like there's a lot of things about borderlands 2 that borderlands 3 updated and um, improved upon for sure but that's really interesting that you still went back anyways and gave it a try even if it wasn't vr that way you could compare I, I yeah no you're right it does look a lot a lot better i and i guess i was uh, equating the feeling with the actual reality of it um but yes it borderlands 3 looks like 10 times million a million times better than borderlands 2 in fact borderlands 2 starts off with like a bunch of brown snow it's very boring but there is that cool first boss that's in like a big dragon ship that's sort of like on that big ice area, you know. Um, I never played Borderlands Two, so Fish might be the guy oh. for that. I played. Remember, I only played the first one. I I know the second one because I've watched people stream it and I've watched some videos of it, but I never played the second one. Wow, you never even touched it. No, okay. I fucking hated the Damn. first one, so there's no reason to well, touch the second one. I. Look, I'm going to keep this brief because I want to talk about Outer Worlds, and I know we have other stuff to get to, but uh, I'll just say that it works great in VR. It's made a game that I think is a little bit boring, uh, tolerable, and kind of kind of fun. Um, the move controls work, but they're a little complicated. I kind of find the controller working better, but yeah, it works great in VR. It looks great. That's the biggest thing. It's an older game, so it's probably easier for them to translate, but I've been really impressed by it. I played the shit out of Borderlands 2 in VR for a couple days. Just because I wanted to, like, it's weird, playing so much Borderlands 3, I feel like I wanted to absorb more of that terrible story. Like, I just had to know more <laughs> of the terrible lore. Like, I feel like it was missing. But they give you some cool stuff to get, like, um, special gear, uh, like a 5% loot drop boost. And so I'm going through there. I got this grenade that explodes into 10 smaller grenades and stuff like that. So it's, it's, I still think that game is a little bit overrated, but I think they're, I'll say something nice about Gearbox. They did a great job with their VR implementation um, yeah the vr the, the vr most- looked really fun i think that would be a fun game to play in vr but the, still the the issues from borderlands one and two still exist in the game ultimately well yeah but here's the, the funniest thing is shay is like the one thing the two things i hated about the game i thought it looked kind of boring and ugly and also the shooting was not as good as the shooting is now the shooting was kind of generic and stiff the shooting is more fun in VR because you can play with the move controllers or you can use your head for aiming and the visuals are enhanced because you feel like you're in that world. So it basically took my two complaints with it and, and made them better. So yeah, it's, Od- oddly enough, that's good. Oddly enough, that was one of the games that I first played with the, uh, steam controller and it works great with oh. that. Cause you can, uh, set it. So whenever you look in the move control turns on, so you can just do like, you know, scope in and then flick to what you want and that, that felt amazing in two yeah that is cool okay so it kind of kind yeah, of the that, same sort of it, thing you're talking about with like the move control 
because that was like that was, uh-huh. I remember that because that was one of the first games I played with the uh, the Steam controller whenever I first got one of those. So the the cool thing about the the only issue I see with this kind of stuff, Josh, is that with the high intensity battles, the move controller for aiming and shooting works great, but the movement is stressful because you have to mm. you have to so if you get, if you never held a move controller in your hand, they put the buttons around the primary button so it's just and you have to use those to go right left back and forth and it's just like Mm. when you're in the middle of an intense firefight it just feels like too much for me like i felt like i was like a high learning curve high learning curve um but you can use the controller and use your head to aim and the most important thing is you turn off all the ui because if you don't it's just a clusterfuck (laughs) of visual nonsense yeah you'll see all these bars and meters and like people trying to talk to you and it it gave me a headache. I turned all that shit off, <laughs> messed with the settings, and it it was it was weird. It was like playing Borderlands with no UI, but like being in the world and having all sorts of control is very weird. Hmm. Uh, I liked it though. I liked it a lot. Um, just makes certain things a little more complicated. So I think they did a great job. You just got to kind of tweak your settings and uh, uh, find what works for you. So props to them for that. Will I stick with it? I don't know. I'm really into uh, Fire Emblem, and I want to play Outer Wilds. But I got it for $20, and it was well worth $20. So if you ever take my suggestion and you want to play that game, uh, shoot me a message, and I can give you the primary settings to play it on. Because when I first started, I spent like 30 minutes trying to get that game to look right. It looked fucked up. <laughs> it looked really fucked up. Yeah. Uh, I, I almost like threw my, my move controller in a rage. It was so bad. Um, but then I got it fixed, and now it's great. So you can like, it's like gun. You know what the one thing that Borderlands is missing? for all the loot is the gun porn of like so in the move controller i can hold the gun like this and i can look at it from eight different angles all those weird yeah. guns and kind of enjoy the art that they put I mean, into you it. can do that in three but it's like in a menu it's not like you can yes yeah. not the yeah. same thing as just and, and, seeing it i mean you still see it when you shoot but it's not like yeah i get you i guess yeah can you go to a menu in three and just kind of look at it from all angles and yeah stuff? Oh, yeah because okay. you can you can do that whenever you really you're asking me that you, you that means you that I'm means you never you. equipped a single gun skin on your way through three? Oh, the gun skin because you I can didn't. you can I rotate didn't. the guns no. around when you go in there to change the skins and stuff. Look at it. I I just think that Destiny does the gun porn thing really well because you go to that screen and they that gun looks so realistic and they you you know I feel like Destiny just does that like yeah. whack off to my gun thing a little better. Um. The inventory screen in Borderlands, it's cleaner. I, I'm not a fan it's of. Much, it is much cleaner in Destiny. I don't yeah. know. I don't really feel that Do, as much because so all, all the guns are, feel the same in Destiny. For like, like it's the it, exotics. Exotics. Like, exotics will start that. getting a little different. Like, but for the most part, it's just like, okay, this is the exact same gun that I got, you know, at level twelve, just you know, with a different huh. skin on it. Yeah, it's it's the presentation, I guess, for me that really nails that gun. I will say the weird thing about Borderlands: you guys ever find you're filling up your inventory all the time, and you have to constantly drop sh- shit? I feel like my inventory is always yeah, that's, full. Yeah, that's kind of always yep. been a thing. Like upgrading the backpack is always the number one, like upgrade. Yeah, definitely got to do that. Throw all money the time. at. Yeah, yeah. Um, that Same. and I also, I also like every time I get to a new zone, I kind of see like what's what's the uh, like the over under for gun prices because you end up selling basically everything so you always want to make sure that's like okay i'm not going to pick up anything that's less than you know like 500 well, now that i'm in this new zone or something um because it just it makes it easier than filling up inventory and having to throw it away just 
having a cutoff, like I'm not going to grab anything that's worth less than this to begin with. Uh, kind of, yeah. it, it, it helps cut down on that menu yes. nonsense. So, yeah, and yeah, so it's just that in Borderlands 3 and Vault, True Vault Hunter mode. I was killing time because I'm caught up, and then I started getting into the other things. So, I will say this my two minutes on um, the Outer Worlds. Um, I wanted to just give a very quick teaser because everyone's going to be talking and playing about this game right now. And I went through a lot of effort last night to try and get like two to three hours in. And I'm curious to see of the, of the crew here, which of you guys decide to try it. I know you maybe not of all in, not of all interest. Let me rephrase that. The interest here varies. I know Shay was really high on it. I know I was talking to Josh privately and he said, you know, eh, it's a fallout game. Um, fish, I think downloaded it. So he's at least curious. We're kind of all over the place. I think, Josh, you're right. I think it is, for the most part right now, it is a Fallout game. Um, yeah. But, that's okay. No, no, uh, I was, <laughs> half of that was giving you crap, because it's, yes, it's a, it's a Fallout game. I've played Fallout, so, like, I get it. Like, it's not something that I was just, like, absolutely, absolutely need to play. But also, I it's know. a Fallout game. So, like, I, I've already bought it. Yeah. So, it's... I, what was I trying to? I think I was trying to convince you that it was more important than Luigi's Mansion, and I don't know if I succeeded in that. Oh, regard. I, I, I um, sincerely doubt that it is, but I bought it anyway. Is kind of where it is. Like it's, it's a, it's the new Fallout. Like it's. Oh, you bought Outer Worlds yeah, anyway? No, oh, like it's, it is Fallout. That's what it is. So like, even if I'm not yeah, excited yeah, about it, it's true. like I've got. It is the new Fallout. Yes, yeah, yes, exactly. That's right. So that's. I. It's Fallout without a little bit of the gravitas, but I'm curious to see what you guys think about it. I actually like, kind of like that. The reason I, I, I like that as far okay. well, not because I, I feel like it kind of gives them a little more flexibility. Like, what can they do here? So that's my hope, anyway. We'll see. So. We'll see. Yeah, I I will I say this right now. I'm on the, right on the middle. <clears throat> what do you? I, I'm curious if you guys are most excited about the game because, like, right now I'm right on the middle. Like everything that I've seen in the first two hours has been interesting because i always find myself splitting the difference like the combat for example i like that you can slow down time like the vat system but it's a lot different than the vat system you just naturally target body parts it doesn't really it feels different it feels a little sloppier but i do like that you can slow down time it's cool right so it's all right i kind of like it i'm kind of right in the middle on the combat right um the the world it's very pretty, much prettier than you're used to seeing for like a Fallout style game. But like the art direction is like kind of like generic sci-fi, you know, and it's not bad, but it sort of just looks like generic sci-fi. So I'm kind of splitting the middle there. The The characters so far, the voice acting and the writing. Great. But they still do that like robotic. Remember, like when you walk up in a Fallout game and you talk to someone and it feels like their face is like frozen in place, like like their eyes and their mouth and their eyebrows move, but their face doesn't seem to move at all. Like it's like they have like paralysis or something. <laughs> it's yeah. got um, all of that weird stuff that uh, those games are known for. And I think some of that they must do as an intentional nostalgic quirk. I, it's hard for me to believe that that's like that they're incapable of changing that. I feel like they're kind of doing it as like a throwbacky kind of thing, I guess. Um, and it's it's beautifully nostalgic. And I think that's going to. People are going to like that more than others. That's what I'm curious to see with you guys. It's very nostalgic. Like the way you solve situations is so like five, six, seven, ten years ago. Like I walked up to this place I'm supposed to go into, right? And there's the front, which has electric. It was the electricity was blocking the way, so I figured I could maybe hack my way in. 
But if I walked 10 feet to the right, there was a broken part in the gate where I could just walk in yeah. or I could sneak around the back, you know, just like video games were 10 years ago. Yeah, um, Those are, That's always <laughs> been the weakness of Fallout games is because they have to accommodate for every build. There's generally never any reason to specialize because like it's not like you're getting anything unique from having like a max hacking build or something um that's what it felt like yeah. at least i mean that's something that yeah. i was even feeling in something like deus ex because like they they have yeah. to assume that you've taken none of the upgrades um mm-hmm. yeah yeah you you walk up i was telling you guys this before the podcast you walk up to someone and it's just like the old school menu like there's a persuade option a lie option a regular dialogue option you know it's like it's you know yeah. a mean option i guess it's got all that stuff um it's 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 trippy it, even when you walk around the towns man like it feels like a game from along like the way people walk around the town like and and interact with you and stuff like it's fucking crazy it really feels like exactly like uh like new vegas like those kind of style of games which is cool i mean i i i think it's I, I'm not disliking it at all. I think I was starting to enjoy it a little bit more before I logged off. So here's the fucked up thing that happened to me. This is the end of my story. I s- tried to play the game differently, and I put all my points into guns and like long range stuff mm-hmm. to try and get out of my comfort zone instead of just being a bruiser, right? And I did that, and I've leveled up a couple times. I put all my points into persuasion and guns, and the guns so far have been whatever. I mean, there's a little more weight to them than the Fallout games, so the combat feels a little better, but. I've been doing okay damage, nothing special. I find this hammer on the ground somewhere. I was exploring and I found this hammer and I'm just obliterating shit with this hammer. Like <laughs> I go into that slow mo I'm going to put this on the Patreon VIP page. I go into slow motion and this hammer has a fucking electric saw on the end of it, which really got me thinking about how that could even work. Because if you swing a hammer at someone and it's smashed into them, then I guess the electric saw could move back and forth and, and serrate them and fuck them up a little bit, which is kind of grotesque. Um, but it's kind of seemed impractical and silly in the way that a lot of you know, video game weapons are. But cool, because when you pull the trigger, it actually feels like the, there's a vibration that feels like... feels like you can feel the... Anyways, this hammer has been demolishing things, so now I'm just like, fuck, I should have put all my points in the melee because like <laughs> I don't even want to shoot guns anymore. Um... But it reminded me of like when you play these games in the past and you find like a weird exploit that's kind of fun, you know, like you persuade someone to get to a a, a rare lock or a rare um, safe that you shouldn't be at already and you get some really crazy item or something like that. Like it, the game has that sort of cool thing to it where it seems like you can try and just have fun with the systems. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm regretting not putting everything to melee because I, I really like just it going into slow motion and just beating the shit out of everything with that um that hammer. P- Piss me off. So <laughs> it's alright. I, I I like it. I don't think I love it and I don't dislike it. I'm just kinda right in the middle. That's um, fair. but it's still early in crisis. I mean, yeah. I can see I can see your opinion on that though, because you were never super big into the Fallout games to begin with. So I, I mean, especially with it being five, six years removed from probably the last, well, no, because New Vegas came out in 2010, Fallout mm-hmm. 4 came out in 2015. I don't think you really played much of Fallout 4. Uh, I know you played some, but I know you didn't play it like... I didn't, yeah. I don't even have a negative opinion on Fallout 4. I didn't play enough of it to form an opinion. Right. So you haven't played a Fallout game, you know, nine in nine years, 
Fallout style game, I should say. I, realistically, Skyrim was probably the last game in that vein that you've probably played. So, uh, being that far removed from a, a style of game that you weren't a big fan of to begin with is probably, you know, it makes sense that your your opinion is kind of right down the middle. But I know for some people, uh, a lot of people actually, they've been really looking for that experience where it's like an updated model of those previous games, you know, the Skyrim, the Fallout 3 in New Vegas. And it's been a while. Fallout 4 was good, but it wasn't quite in that vein, like, that people wanted. Yes. It, it was kind of... Yeah. they Bethesda kind of updated it, but they updated the wrong things. Like, they were like, oh, well, Minecraft is popular. Let's double down on the settlement aspect. And nobody, yeah. nobody yeah. fucking wanted It was like that, they rethought you know? stuff so and, much as added what was popular. Right, exactly. And I think with this game dropping, I think it's exactly what people have wanted. It's like, okay, we wanted the next iteration of this. We wanted it to be updated graphically. We wanted, you know, updated mechanics, but we largely wanted the same thing. And they've taken yes. they've taken it out of the wasteland. They put it more into like space and other towns and stuff of like that. And I think that was smart because some of the, yeah. some of the highest points of Fallout Four and the and Skyrim and stuff. Or well, let's stick with Fallout. Uh, some of the the best places in those games have been in other locations. Like I told you guys when I a few years ago when I was playing Fallout Four and I find I was waiting on that DLC to finally uh, go on sale and I finally bought um, I finally bought Far Harbor. That was one of my favorite points in the game, and that wasn't even in a wasteland. It was like in some misty horror island, and I was that, that was mm-hmm. a really really cool yeah area, and, and it had nothing to do with wasteland. So to me, it, like Outer Worlds makes sense. It makes sense why it's so popular right now, and I haven't been able to download it yet. You know, when I got off work last night was when the first moment I had to do that and i chose to buy medieval instead to be honest with you and um i i played a little bit of fire emblem in preparation for the podcast and then i went to bed kind of thing but yeah i'm i'm really excited for outer worlds i i know a lot of people who feel similarly to me are very excited for it and i think there's a good reason for it so i can understand your your kind of middle of the road feeling of the game though to be honest makes sense i think yeah it's i think it's a very much a me game i think you guys are gonna either be like middle of the road or not really care for it whereas me i'm gonna be on the complete opposite side i know as soon as i plug into that game you guys are gonna lose me for at least a week Uh well then you should wait (laughs) because i don't want to lose you on fire emblem i will say this um yes you could be right i don't know yet yeah, I just feel like I wish the world had gr- the here's the biggest I have one thing that I absolutely fucking hate about the game that I will say that really just fucking drives me fucking crazy. You spend all this time making a character in that game, right? Everyone's making their characters, showing them online, I put mine up on the VIP. That was my joke in the intro was that I made this a chick that I thought looked very pretty and cool and everyone made fun of her. Um, Fish said she looked like the bride of Chucky. So he's not wrong. She does. <laughs> I should send it to you guys privately right now. Um, this well, is she, not ha- wrong. she she has like a scar on her face, and then she has like those big, like weird doll chubby cheeks, and then I just like big eyes. I like beautiful eyes on women. Mm. Yeah. 
No, it, it's fine, but like in that ge- in video that, game type of sense of it, like it doesn't translate as well into a video game. Having big eyes like that, it looks. Well, way I disagree. Too, way too anime-ish, or I don't know. But here's the fucked up part, fish. You're not going to see your character at all in this game. It's oh no! It's not Mass Effect. They they your character talks. Your character does not talk. You listen to people talk, and you turn and look at your companions talk. You will ne- Shay will love this because he doesn't like making his own characters anyway. You will never see your character's face, and I don't know why there's a really good character oh. customization tool if you don't ever see your character. You see them in the menu. Wait, when there's you go- no third person there's, in the game. There's a third person. This has been a thing in, be. in all the Fallout games. There's a character creator, I, and it doesn't matter because there's a, no reason to play in third person because it doesn't look as good. It doesn't play no, as well. I have not seen a third well, person yeah. at all. Go go try all the buttons when you get done here. Like there's, I've been <laughs> try. I've played the fucking game. Try all the buttons. I'm not saying there's not a third person. I just played two hours of it last night, and it could have been like a weird menu that popped up. Look, I'm not saying there's not a third person. I'm just saying. But even then, I'd be staring at my character's fucking the back of her head. You know what I mean? It's not the cool thing about those games I miss in Mass Effect was like you would see your character's face when people were talking. You know what I mean, so for me, it's kind of a bummer. I'm just I'm saying. so. So what you're saying is you wish there was a character creator for the back of your head. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you say something. Yeah. I hate you. Yes, I do. Get so I'm reading an article from PrimaGames.com. I'm quoting, exactly. Unfortunately for fans of being able to play in third person, the Outer Worlds will only be playable from a first person perspective. Really? The lack of a third person perspective means players will not be able to see the entirety of their character at all times. Thank you! Entirety? Thank you! What do you mean entirety? So you you do the character customization? Alright, so ignore everything but, you know, arms. So pay close attention to any of the sliders about hand and arm size. There's no hands. You can watch the character's left jawline, but you can't watch. Is there multiplayer in the game? Is it so like you can bring someone to your game and then they can see it? No, I haven't seen multiplayer. It's first person single player. Yeah, then why do they have character customization? What about cutscenes? Are there cutscenes? That makes no sense. Then yeah, I haven't seen any cutscenes. It really doesn't, Josh. It really doesn't. I'm perplexed as you. Listen here, cocksuckers. First off, first off, if you see yourself in a mirror. You're going to be able to see your character's reflection. Uh-huh. Second off, go fuck yourself. Third oh. off, go fuck yourself. You to find yourself oh. a, space off, mirror. a space mirror. So you can see yourself. Fourth <laughs> off, space mirror. I want to build my character Second how off. I want. Go fuck yourself. Second off, come jack me off. All right? I, I, I don't know. Now I feel better. I just... Man, that's something I love about games. I like customization. It's not... I, I don't really mind if the game doesn't have... The option. Let's put it this way: You don't have to have character customization. If you give me character customization, let me see my character. That's all I'm saying. So. That is strange. Yeah. yeah, strange. It's strange because like we've expected this in the past that you're doing a lot of character creation that doesn't really matter because it never feels good to play them in third person. But that's always yeah. there. It, so it's really strange that they just didn't put that in. Well, it's always there for like a, a photo op. Like you want to take a screenshot exactly. or something like that. Yeah. Half, half the game the is game taking right, a selfie yeah. of yourself in front right. of some glitching wildlife. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So go yeah. fuck. So it's go off. fuck yourself. Right. <laughs> go fuck yourself. Good <laughs> off. No, I think I think well, I've got the solution. Good off. Out of 
Sorry. Out of Wild. I think I've got the solution. I'm going to build Jedder Shepard when I play Outer Worlds. Oh, no. In the character creation and plays Jedder Shepard (laughs) in Outer Worlds. Hell yeah. Shay Fish said he was going to build the Filipino Johnny Depp. Okay, well, I'm going to build Jedder Shepard. I went with a female character hoping that there was voice acting, but I didn't know that there wasn't, so. Oh, well. Anyways, it's it's not the end of the world uh, for most people, but it is the end of the world for me, and I won't be playing this game anymore. It sucks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's, 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 I'm going to keep playing it. It's I plan the on end of the outer worlds. I'm just getting more upset by the minute, but the game seems neat. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not as high, like, I was listening to the bomb yes. the other day, and, like, literally, I, when I had to pull my uh, headphones out of my, I had to pull my headphones out of my ear because there was so much come from Jeff Gersman's praise of this game that I, I couldn't even listen anymore. Um, so I made a big mistake of actually getting, a, him and Brad Shoemaker were just shooting their load back and forth all over this thing. So I think for people like Shay, maybe have a lot of nostalgia, it might hit a sweet spot for them. For me, I'm just kind of like, wow, video games are evolved past this. <laughs> video games are better than this now. But that's the wrong attitude to have. If you want to enjoy this game, you need to say, no, this is a throwback to the games I love. Like No, Fallout this is either. Fallout 3 version 2.0. Yeah. In space. Yeah. But I'm also early on, so... Fourth off. Only got two hours in there. Anyways, that's my Outerlands preview. Um, hopefully I didn't bum you out. And hopefully you guys enjoy the game a lot more than me. But... Um, Hopefully it doesn't pull Shay away from Fire Emblem, because then I'll probably throw myself off a bridge. Uh, now we move on to polls. Boo, boo, boo. Oh, Fish, guess what? It's time to answer that phone. Don't hello, do it, Fish. Please hello? don't. No, don't. Fuck, it. Fuck you, Fish. Fuck <laughs> you. Seriously, every week, you answer the fucking phone. Fuck you. <laughs> You gotta scream. He's not gonna stop with a shitty fucking sound until you stop. Hey, no, I worked on the sound. You know, when I was a kid, every time the every time the telephone rang, I'd be let it go to the messaging machine. We didn't have a messaging machine. Well, then they fucking call back another day, and then you know, yeah, rub it in. Fish's family didn't have a messaging machine. Is there anything else you want to rub in about his family? Yeah, I do. Go, go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so this is going to be fun. We have a lot of polls, so we're going to do about a minute apiece. I want opinions from you guys if you got them. If I don't hear you guys talking, I'm going to move on, right? But this is going to be fun. This is going to be like an adrenaline shot of polls, all right? Unlike anything we've ever done before. You ready Straight for this? into the dick. I was, gonna, I was just fish. I was going to say, inject him right You're into my foreskin. I was going to... Oh. Wow. <laughs> The moment here that I just experienced was so uh-huh. beautifully erotic between Fish and Shay. Shay hasn't smiled that big since. <laughs> no, never mind. I'm not going to do it. All right, here we go. Bring. <clears throat> Is Destiny the fine wine of shooters? No. Sixty percent of our audience said, "Bleh." Sorry, Fish. <gasps> it's corked. Okay. Mm. Corked. Was Dang a- it. I thought we had him on that fish, and we were wrong. In fact, I put Destiny up against Borderlands, and 60% of our audience said they prefer Borderlands. What is wrong mm. with people? <laughs> How many people voted on that? I need to speak with all those people. 
Bish- oh he's gonna call God. you personally, so get used for the get ready for his phone call. All right. That's who I am, Fish. I'm calling you. I'm the bear of bad news today. That's who's calling <laughs> you on the phone. <laughs> it make me not want to pick up that phone now. Oh, damn it. I've ruined it. Um, I don't agree with that, but the irony is I felt like playing more Borderlands 3 than Destiny this week, so I felt a little bit like a hypocrite. Mm. But I played a lot of Destiny, man. <laughs> I played Destiny for like eight years. I'm destinyed out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Do you feel pressured to perform better sexually during your anniversary? Fifty-four percent of our audience said yes. So that means the rest of them are assholes. You should always perform better on your anniversary. What the hell's wrong with you? I think it's the exact opposite. I think you should perform your absolute worst on the anniversary <laughs> because then you're setting the bar so low every time you succeed. Subsequently, she's like, "Wow, what kind of special day is this?" And you're like, "Just every day in the life, honey." Just every day in the life. Are you on steroids, baby? Yeah. Fuck. Wow. You pumped me for an extra 30 seconds, babe. What? Okay. Well, but if you set the bar low on, your, on a daily basis, just going a little better on your anniversary would be an improvement, so. Well, I want to keep going with this, but I've, I've been overtly sexual this, this podcast. I've had enough moments. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. Fuck it. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right now. You know what? Actually, no, I can't do it. I'm, I'm going to take it too far. Oh, come on. You can't get that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say, double back all, I'm gonna say is the quicker you get done with the humping, the more time you have for cuddling. And making dinner together. That's and going a, that's to be- really and good, going to bed early. You, so you don't have I to worry about any more anniversary shenanigans. I mean we'll that going to bed early thing. I mean being a complete failure in life, that's my goal. Here's the, Shay would agree with this. On your my trick for your anniversary is just actually engage in foreplay once a year and you'll be fine. No, you you engage in foreplay every time. Like if you're if you're not down there munching some cooch, you're doing something wrong. Hey, don't talk like that on this podcast, Shay. Come on. If you if, we don't say munching here. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Let's move on. I'm really. I don't know why. Cooch I'm is fine. I'm feeling not munch. I'm I just want to see his face frisky. when I said that. It was like I broke him for a second. What munch? <laughs> Munching implies too many visuals that I cannot handle. Actually, it um, doesn't imply the visual. It creates too many visuals that I can't. But I do imagine you munching now, so thanks. I will say for the record, has Shay not given me shit on all the prior podcasts about my dating sim creep life? And Shay is now turned into me in Fire Emblem. So be careful what you wish for. Or lack thereof. Nothing? Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, all right. <laughs> oh, now I got two private messages that I can't read on the podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. Dead silence on the <laughs> podcast and then typing privately. You want, um, do, you want, do you want us to say what we said? Would you prefer that? Always. Always? Okay. <laughs> Josh, Josh, Josh can I read to. yours and you read yeah. mine? Okay. <laughs> Josh typed, got to munch that chonky cooch. <laughs> Uh, Just let that settle in for a couple minutes. Josh, you can read mine at your leisure. Yeah. And Shay says, if you're not slurping through the fish trough, you don't deserve the salmon. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? 
I like our comments oh, read God. by each other better than reading them by ourselves. I do too. I do too. I feel like they were both know, right? better. Yeah. We should just send our gaming takes to each other and just have each other read yeah. them from now that, on. Yeah, no, it's what we do. We need to have a yeah. podcast before the podcast where we all swap opinions. We just kind of. Yeah. Know. I love zombie games so much. <laughs> you would not. <laughs> all right. Um, Martin Scorsese slams Marvel movies again. I read this earlier and I asked our audience, should Martin Scorsese bleep off or do you agree? And 60% of our audience said bleep off. Now, this is what I'll say. It was the intro to our show. Um, I do think he's over. I agree with him, but I think he's overstepping his boundary here. There's nothing wrong with a level of more casual entertainment at the cinema. I don't feel there. You know, I like some of them, like the, the new Spider-Man movies I've enjoyed for what they are. And like Thor Ragnarok, I thought was goofy fun. Like they're not really my kind of film, but you know, they're, they're fine. I think his frustration is that they've become so massive and the artistic films out there are not getting as recognized and that's boiling over. But to say that they are not even considered cinema is extreme. (laughs) I mean, I th- I feel like that's kind of always been the case, though. I'm I mean, there are a ton of movies that kind of get overlooked because they're going for the more artsy vibe, or they're they're addressing things that are not as popular or sexy to address. I mean, the first one that comes to my mind is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is one of my all time favorite movies. It did it has a very big cult cl- uh, following, but it was never widely successful um in the box office or amongst critics i mean it's it's revered amongst people but not a ton and i mean that movie came out 15 years ago now and like that's for example i mean there are a ton of movies that fit that bill i just think that it's easier to go watch avengers endgame in some ways than it is to sit down and watch a new Joker, for example, because granted, there's some difficult things that happen in Endgame. I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to spoil it, even though it's been a while. I still don't want to spoil it. There are some difficult things that happen in it, but it's not the level of the jo- like the the new Joker movie where just difficult, hard shit is consistently happening, and it has something to say about our current society and where it's at, and. It makes sense. I mean, it's it's easier to go sit down and watch a movie that's lighthearted, that kind of real that really takes us out of that reality rather than to watch something that has a greater perspective on that reality or on our history. I mean, Scorsese, he he's made a career off of looking at different viewpoints from epochs in our history you know gangs of new york it was looking at during the industrial revolution when um you know white people and white men i should say in our country were you know the most dominant people on the face of the planet and what they did you know during that time or you look at something like the departed which very much talks about the um the tension not only between uh, police and Irish mob during uh, the Boston and New York scene, but I mean, like that's a big part of it, you know? And so his movies have always had kind of a point. They're they're historically grounded. 
they're looking at different perspectives. And I think that's important. I think that's good. But some people want to be removed away from that reality. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And Yeah, you can't just remove an entire... Yeah. It's weird. His idea of... He's almost like, oh, leave movies there. But yeah, anyway. Josh, did you have something you wanted to say? I'm sorry. I didn't want to... Not really. No? Okay. Okay. That's fair. Um... Yeah, I I just weird that he just wants to. What does he want to do? Get rid of them? <laughs> just erase them? Not all cinema can be important. Some of it has to be I, just entertaining. I get the sentiment, and I respect the opinion. I think what he's saying is people as moviegoers, any kind of art form, should hold it to a... a he, I think what he's trying to say, I should say, I shouldn't put words into his mouth, is that he wants it held to a higher standard because he wants the best of the best. He wants that... Yes. Top tier quality, getting the credit it deserves. But I also feel like, A, that's a little bit gatekeeping, especially knowing who he is and how revered of a, uh, a revered of a, a director he is. And like, he is kind of in that rarefied conversation of uh, directors who like anything that they do is going to be looked at very positively. So to hear that is kind of gatekeeping, but also I think it also prevents so many art, other arts and art forms being made. You know, like if you hear from somebody like they don't want this particular style, well, maybe you excel at that. And by hearing that it it dissuades someone from wanting to make art. And that's, that's in effect the opposite of what he's trying to do. So, to say like oh these these aren't art we like we should be aspiring for better quality well yeah i mean of course we always want to see the best of the best but it's not always going to happen and sometimes to get to the best of the best it's a journey to get there and that's what weirdly enough what his movies have always been about and it's just a confusing statement i guess i don't i don't understand why like i understand i think I understand his reasoning. I don't understand what he wants, like you, Morgan, what he wants the end result to be, because it feels like it goes against kind of what his career has been about in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And maybe it's just one of those things where, you know, you say something like uh, really kind of brash and you don't necessarily mean it as as like that, like, when Josh got that email last week for saying Red Dead sucks and the guy was like, what? And he emailed us. Like, sometimes you can just, you know, if you're in the level of the media where you just say something and it gets scrutinized, I mean, that, that could be a part of it. That too. guy was just sigh. Put some respect. I put know. some respect on his I name. Just... Put some respect <laughs> on it. Sigh. All right, let's see here. No, me and Sigh are on uh, Team Red Dead. Would filming porn be a fun job? 65% of our audience said no. It would not be fun. It's weird. Fish voted yes, though. That's strange. Just looking at your results here. Oh no! Hey, you want to be aroused is, all that's day? Ill, that's illegal, Morgan. You want a boner all day? <laughs> Doing a looking lot of You want a boner twenty four seven, big guy? Mm-hmm. Who does it? I don't. I mean, no. it'd be a great R. Okay. It'd be a great REI ad campaign if he had a boner all the time. Constantly pitching a tent. Uh, you know, maybe if you're an artist and you just like making film, I'll deal with what I got, you know? I'll make this the the good fellows of porn, baby. 
I don't really like Goodfellas. I think that movie kind of sucked. But let me try again. I'll make this the uh, taxi cab driver of porn. That'd be really gross and violent. I mean, you know what I'm getting at. Isn't I mean, that, isn't that Bang Bros, some... essentially? Isn't that what? Isn't that just Bang Bros? Bang <laughs> Taxi, the taxi cab driver up yeah, porn. I think yeah, I'm surprised there's there's got to be a taxi. There has to be a taxi porn thing. Uh, but six five yeah, it's audience, Bang so Bros. No. That's all. Uh. No, that's a bus. That's a bus. It's not a taxi. No, yeah, that's, that's the Bang Bus. Bang Bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are real things, Josh. Is, hey, true. Josh oh, knows he doesn't. Guys off the, <laughs> he wants us to hold ourselves to higher quality. Okay, Martin Scorsese, Josh. Uh-huh. Don't care about your fucking amusement park rides. Like, ugh. Whatever it takes, man. Please bang my wife. Go back in time. All right, this is a good time to talk about this. Joker is the first poll I've ever run where I did my scientific slider that went all the way to the top. So congratulations for maxing out the scientific slider, except for the one guy who messaged me, but I think I converted him by the end. I will say this. My uh, 30 second reprieval on Joker in case me and Shay decide to do a spoiler cast one day. Uh, I was blown away. I will agree. Like, for people that, if you don't think it looks interesting, don't go see it because it's just as dark and depressing and art filmy as you think it's going to be. Like, my sister, she was like, that movie was amazing, but I would not watch it again because it made me sad and uncomfortable. It didn't do that for me, but I. Thought it was it was a lot more artistic than I expected it. Like I knew Joaquin Phoenix was going to crush it, but I didn't expect the cinematography and the music to be so great. So yeah, it really I rarely turn to my wife and just go like, "Wow, I I was just really impressed." So uh, yeah, that's it, my hot take. It was it was a very well done movie, and I would agree with your sister wholeheartedly. I will probably never see it again because watching just literally every bad possible thing happen was just really difficult because it was like is it like the movie was a series of car accidents in that you see the car accident as it's about to happen there's you're witnessing it the driver doesn't know there's nothing you can do to stop it and that is that movie over and over again now it is a fantastic movie i absolutely loved it and i wholeheartedly recommend anybody who is even remotely interested Go spend the money and watch it in the movie theater. I think it's one of the few movies I would ever say is worth going to see it in a movie theater as to compare as compared to watching it at home. Yeah, but yeah, I, but like I when just, Josh I, said he didn't look interesting watch... to him, I would be like, yeah, Josh, you don't go see it then. It's yeah, not... that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. I just I would I wouldn't watch it again because exactly what your Damn sister well. said. Like I just I came out of that movie feeling like fucking shit, dude. Like I came out of that movie like. Human society is going to crumble, and I was like, I, I don't, I don't ever want to feel that way, you know. Like, it, it certainly addresses a lot of really important issues like mental health and where the current state of our society. But I don't want ever want to walk out of something or listen to something or read something that just makes me completely feel like everything's hopeless. Like personally, well, I don't. I, it's I, I understand that sentiment for sure. I think I felt I had the opposite reaction when I got up. I was very hopeful about just filmmaking in general. And like, it was such a cool artistic, uh, thing for me to see that movie. I was just like, you know, like I was just like, wow, that was really cool. Like I didn't really, it didn't really bum me out, which I know is kind of fucked up, but, um, I, 
I don't really, when I go to film, I'm more, and when I play games and stuff, I just enjoy sort of like the craft and everything and the experience. If it makes me feel shitty, then I'm like, okay, they've probably succeeded. But yeah, I was just excited about the artistry involved and the yeah. performance as opposed to the bleak outlook on mental illness and life. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this. But I get you. I will say this without revealing anything. The climax in that movie was incredibly rewarding. That, like, the climax, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh shit, with my friend in the movie theater. We literally said that out loud. We were like, the only two foreigners in there, we were like, oh shit. Like, when the climax <laughs> happened, yeah, that climax was very rewarding. I will admit that. Well, there was like several climaxes. I don't even know what you're talking about. So. Uh, Well, you, Morgan. Yeah, you, you wouldn't know what he was talking about. He, several climaxes. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about. Hey, Bangros. I'm the one talking about several climaxes. There's here. there's one climax, Morgan, because that's how uh, all stories work. Are you talking? We'll talk about it. No, 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 no. I am talking about there's one climax because that's how all stories work. There's the denouement, or excuse me, there's the exposition, there's the rising <laughs> action, there's the climax, there's the denouement. Well, maybe we'll just maybe we can agree to disagree on that. Uh, oh, there's no agree to disagree because that's how. Fun. I'm just saying that there was mo- it's t- <laughs> There's not multiple climax. I'm just saying maybe we have, a, maybe we have a different idea about what the climax was. How about that, honey? God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. Um, I'm well. Okay, uh, this was a really big poll we did: Zelda versus Skyrim for best game. Now, the idea was this: is open world games throughout history. Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Edge, Skyrim, 51% to 49 in a nail-biter. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm shocked. I thought for sure Skyrim would stomp all over it. That's a nail-biter. A real barn burner. Real barn burner. It really is. You don't even want to know how few votes separated the two, which, which is, just makes it seem all silly anyway, but it was very few. <laughs> Um, as these things go, so congratulations. A win is a win. Mm. So nothing to really fight about here. I don't think anybody wants to argue any further. We all know Zelda is the better game. Um, we all know the climax of a story. That's right. <laughs> but we just some of us don't realize the climax when they're seeing it. They think it's something else. That's true. It's Morgan climax, hasn't experienced you've... someone else's climax in quite some time. Oh, come on. I mean, you should be better at noticing a fake climax, Shay. Can we keep going? <laughs> Till the end of time, baby. <laughs> but we don't have any more time in this episode. Did, did it involve... How about this, Shay? Did it involve Robert De Niro? Yes. Okay. Okay, then we agree. But I still think you can make a case for the part with the car. No! Let's talk about right. it afterwards. Okay. Uh, congratulations to Joker for being awesome. And congratulations to Joaquin Phoenix for winning the best Oscar. Because if they don't give it to you, then the world is a fucking shame. Are you picking up the Outer Worlds? 63% of our audience said yes, they are. So we'll see how that goes. Do you ever get gaming burnout? So these are all polls inspired by patrons, our beautiful, lovely patrons. I'll try to remember who gave these to me, and if I forget, then 
Don't be too hard on me. I know Crumpke sent me the Outer Worlds. We've talked a lot about that today, so thank you, Crumpke. 63% of our audience said they will be giving it a shot. And that seems to co-align with our podcast, because we are all giving it a shot. Do you ever get gaming burnout? I believe this is Red Blue, Red Blue Blur. 83% of our audience said yes. They get gaming burnout. And Fish sent me a private message that said, I only have gaming burnout. What's the other side of this realm? <laughs> <laughs> Is there something besides gaming burnout? I'm unaware. What? That is gaming for me. Just burnout. Yeah. Too bad. Um, 83% of our audience. Holy shit. I, weirdly enough, don't get gaming burnout, but I'm a sicko. So I'm one of those 17% of weirdos. I'm not playing a game. I feel like my life is just wrong. But I know I'm in the minority. Need it. I need it. Uh, it's therapy, fish. Helps me deal with this world. Escaping into another one. You know? It's understandable. It's Probably understandable. cheer you up a little bit. You need more escapism in your life, buddy. No. No. Not no. at all. He said that real creepy like, well, how about this, fish? If Jedi Fallen Order is wildly successful, will it spark a change in what games EA makes and how they make them? 56% of our audience said no, which is shocking. That's another game that came out in November we didn't even mention. Is anybody here excited for that game? Because I feel like the whole world is and we aren't. What's wrong with us? Couldn't give a fuck less. <laughs> what? Wow. This is for Gilbezi. I'm sorry. Just pretend you didn't hear any of this. Um, I believe that's who said that to me. I'm Star, Star Wars is amazing. Oh, what are you talking about? It's supposed to be like Uncharted meets Dark Souls, but with the Star Wars license. Does that pique your interest? What at just all? happened? What 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 did I just I'm, hear? What what just happened? Je- like that, it wasn't a stroke. Hmm. Sound it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like the producers Jeez. had a stroke. You guys know is that, what it sounds like. You guys know that part. Is it be- you guys know that part on Charlie Brown on those child. Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah. That's what I just heard. <laughs> you guys are brutal. If if this was made by anybody besides EA, do you think you guys would be more excited, Maybe. or is it just absolutely? It's EA? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. If if Bethesda was making it, I'd feel fairly tepid on it. To be fair, mm. tepid. I will be playing it, Gilbezi. Don't you worry. I'll rent that thing from a red box. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, our cart- this is in- you guys might have an opinion on this stronger than myself. Are cartoons inspired by anime but not actually made in Japan considered anime, like The Last Airbender or Wakfu? I noticed how you You're skipped. you going to give us the results there? Mm. 55% there of the audience said yes, they are considered. Anime. Do you agree? I, mm-hmm. I noticed how you skipped the best Western anime of all time, Avatar, The Last Airbender. You said that, didn't he? I put that yeah. on there. I said The Last Airbender. Oh, I'm no. surprised he didn't say The Boondocks. Mm, it's Avatar, The Last Airbender, but <laughs> Boondocks is a close second. Mm-hmm. Shay, the only Avatar I'm familiar with is the M. Night Shyamalan movie. You 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 really want to upset me, don't you? You want you want to hear me yell, don't you? I don't know what a wakfu is, but it, 
seem to be enjoying it. So that's not how you talk to Mr. S. <laughs> Mr. S, show me your wakfu, please. What is? You guys know what a wakfu is? Have you guys seen wakfu? No. Okay. I'm pretty sure well, Jackie Chan does that in one of his movies. Some some wakfu. Fish gonna it's shoot like his Seen in a kitchen somewhere. Mm. Well, anime is just short for animation, but I know what he's trying to say. You know, do you guys consider that anime when it's heavily inspired by Japanese animation, but it's made in America? Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, I, I, I could see the case being made for both. I, um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I was looking at a wakfu of how to play Fire Emblem Three Houses and try and get that Dark Seal and. Like, <laughs> I can't keep that going. God, you could not. That shitty pun. That shitty pun. Um, uh, that's good. Well, we did it though. Do or die. You taking two D Mario or three D Mario? I was shocked. Sixty percent of our audience said they're taking three D Mario game. Shocked? I was shocked really? at that too. Yeah. I like them that more too, but low, I figure that really, people considering it's 2019 at this point. There's like three old guys who still haven't died who grew up on 2D Mario. Yeah. I'm one of the three. The 2D Mario games Mm -hmm. aren't as good as the 2D Donkey Kong games, so it makes sense to me. I I think that's another poll for next week. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to do that poll. <laughs> oh, you don't want to lose? I refuse, to see, the, I I refuse to see the answer that I already know is, already know is happening. <laughs> I will do it one My day heart just so just I can't burn take in it. the pain of loss. That's true. <laughs> I will do it one day just to feel pain. That's how you feel alive. Yeah. Um, You've had one major heartbreak this year. Your leg breaking. You can't do with two. Yeah. That's true. That's true. This has already broke my heart too many times. Um, I still got to play that voice message. Do you invest in fancy pro controllers and accessories? 82% of our audience said no. Not. And what accessories? I don't either. Sorry, what? Fancy pro controllers and accessories. Now, the exception is the um. the Switch because you'd have to buy a controller for that. Let's just not count that. Um, do you guys go out of your way to buy, like, a lot of people got these pro controllers for online multiplayer gaming and stuff like that. I don't think any of us Yeah, do. I don't. No. They were necessary last gen when the 360 controller was just fucking garbage um and it yeah. was like necessary to fix the d-pad but like the this this gen of controllers are all great so it's just it's not necessary anymore i think um unless you want to go deeper josh mm-hmm. like you get the very best keyboard for your keyboard game josh and it's goes kind of the deep same enough thing, right he's never I heard do. from a woman I, needs I, to I, go I, I invest in uh yeah like mice and keyboards but that's like there's not a standard so it's not like You'd have to go out of your way to get a crappy one. Yeah. If you go to get that $18 Logitech one, you're going to want to murder yourself. Yeah, it's it's not like it's... It, there's not a standard one, so it's not like you're upgrading. It's it's more like you're downgrading if you don't get a good one, is kind of the way I look at it. Agree so. 100%. Yeah. We, it's That's a whole fair, different Josh. thing in the PC Master Race. I don't... Yeah. Uh, I've never really felt the need to spend money on accessories for like gaming and stuff like that, just because it feels like... 
I don't know. Like, I'd rather spend the money on the games themselves than to like playing different games and to buy accessories. If I was like being a, like trying to be a semi pro or a professional at a game, then yeah, sure. But otherwise, or I'm trying to create an aesthetic for streaming, then sure. But otherwise, no. I mean, I I do buy accessories, but it's mainly for like my stomach. So like pizza or candy or mm. you know sugary yeah, I guess the shit. Like, like coming to like like I get some. Uh, the amiibos i guess those are accessories but like that's kind of like you're saying more of an aesthetic thing like i just i like having them around it's like I, yeah I barely yeah, use them as sense. amiibos they're just they're fun to have the just fun yeah, to have yeah, around, yeah 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 so. yeah and that's cool i just well, like all yeah. that money all that money i think to myself man i could i could be spending that on food right now uh-huh i like food well 82 percent of our audience agrees with you because they said no yeah they don't uh, Kuda Matata left us this one. When it came to cartoons as a kid, Fish, were you a Saturday morning cartoon guy or an afternoon cartoon guy? Oh, as a kid, Saturday morning, of course. That's when Pokemon and Batman Beyond was on. Back in its prime. Oh my gosh. I live for Saturday morning cartoons. Mm. What about Tsunami? With like Gundam you guys and all remember that shit the, after school. You guys remember the morning Saturday that's, morning con- cartoons theme song though? You guys remember that? One Saturday morning. Nobody remembers that here? You kind of yeah. cut off at the beginning. I only heard like two notes. So. Oh, yeah, goes, yeah, do it again. One Saturday morning. And then there's like Pepper Ann and Doug and... Hey yeah, Arm. that sounds a little... It's tickling my brain a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Oh man, I can't believe you guys don't remember that theme song. Well, you guys are a few years older really? than me, to be fair. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, the one. We're yeah, old, we're the man. old ones. We're the after these messages, mm-hmm. we'll be right back. That one. <laughs> you remember that I, one? They had I like claymation question, right? animations to go along. Yeah, with it. yeah. This seems like a trick question because I remember going home and watching like Dragon Ball Z and shit after school too. But watching Pokemon on the weekend, so I don't know how I would have been able to pick between the two of these. Yeah, um, I was more of a after-school sort of guy, because that was... Actually, oddly enough, this is kind of like the very, very beginnings of what got me into anime. There were a lot of like old public domain properties that got made really, really cheaply by like no-name yes. people. Like They had the Jungle Book and like Anne of Green Gables. And all they did was take the characters and it bared like zero resemblance to the actual book in almost every fashion. But they just, you know, well, the characters are free so we can use them. And then they had like just whatever dub they could throw on them. And yeah, I watched the yeah. hell out of those. Like that old the- Jungle Book anime. That mm-hmm. was, oh yeah, that's where it was at. The good mm-hmm. shit. True story. That's how me and Fish met. We used to go to school every day and talk about. Gundam Wing, and Fish was uh, the lame hero character, and I was uh, Zex Marquis in the Epion, and we would, mm-hmm. we would, I wait for Fish to get out of his mom's car, and he'd walk over, and we'd be like, "Did you say Gundam last night?" He'd be like, "I sure did." <laughs> oh God, that's so cool. Oh yeah, oh hero. <laughs> well, Zex is a red on oh, an Epion with a whip. Oh, oh, we're never gonna have sex, are we? No, we're not. It was a good time. Good time. Seventy percent of our audience said Saturday morning. Mm. I feel like that was probably more common, yeah. but yeah. 
And Shay's sending us that thing. I want you guys to hear it. You need to hear Dude, this I was jingle. Just, I, I've been quiet this whole time because I've been jamming it. I just went through like nostalgia trip of just sitting there early Saturday morning. You, are you even old enough to have heard the After These Messages song? I think so, that... yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't even sure. I was, born, I was born in 89. All right. Not that young. Yeah, it's only a couple of years. Okay. Yeah, you would have heard you would have heard like the tail end of that, but yeah. I did hear the tail end, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Saturday morning was more my my era. Well, I mean we're in the same era, but a few years later of than mm-hmm. you guys. You guys are probably in I about did to be some in middle of the, school, so you guys are like some of the Saturday fuck. morning stuff, like yeah. yeah, like you're saying, like a lot of those Disney cartoons that kinda started showing up there a little later on. So Hell not, yeah, even, not even dude. later Doug on. Like a lot of those shit. were going on earlier but it was like it was an early generation of shows like with uh, Darkwing Duck and Tailspin that was yeah that was more of the stuff that we watched oh Tailspin was Tailspin in the morning or was that I remember that being in the afternoon for Duck me Tales, woo. <laughs> man no, we gotta have that as a t- Tailspin like not Duck Tales we gotta have that as a topic or something someday in Duckburg. Duckburg. Race car <laughs> right? planes. It's a duck. Duck blur. <laughs> Might solve a mystery. Ooh. Rewrite history. Ooh, duck tales. Woo. It's kind of it's kind of crazy to think There's about, like how some of those those themes for those '90s cartoons they all had like the same. Look, I'm not super proficient with talking about music theory and stuff like that but they use the same notes and chords so they all kind of had that same vein of what they sounded like i really miss that sound the jingle the jingles yeah Mm -hmm. like oliver and company when billy billy joel was on that and then the song you guys know the song the i'm not gonna sing it (laughs) i'm streetwise i can improvise no, like you guys. Okay. You guys. All right. Well, there's gonna be uh, someone. There's gonna be someone who messages me later, and it's gonna be like, "Dude, I totally mm-hmm. forgot about that song. You reminded me of it, and I'm gonna be justified." Give me three or four days when this podcast goes live. Someone okay. sends me that message. I'm gonna shove it in your guys's old ass faces. I did ask people if they'd ever bought anything really embarrassing, gaming wise. Um, Tony underscore S did send me this giant near, uh, oh God, automata, no, near, uh, automata, automata, near automata, near manamana. It was like a really fancy statuette thing that he found in Japan when he was traveling. And he said he felt embarrassed about it because it's really hypersexual. Like you can rip the dress off and all sorts of stuff like that. And it was very expensive, uh, to which I said, send it my way. But uh, it, it looks pretty cool. I have a picture of it. Maybe if he's cool with it, I'll put it up in the VIP page. It looks pretty badass. Um, oh, he's not in the VIP, I don't think. Necessarily. I don't know. But I'll, I'll steal it and put it over there for everyone else. But yeah, it's pretty cool. So like I, because I was joking with everyone, I saw this Edelgard pillow that I wanted, and I was trying to figure out how badly my wife would murder me if I bought that. Do you guys own anything really embarrassing, like gaming wise, that you bought and said, "Oh, I feel embarrassed about purchasing that"? 
No, I don't, I don't get embarrassed, but I have something that would probably fit what you're talking about there. So. Okay, you're going to um, go get it? I see yeah. you moving. Okay, let's see. See what he gets. I, I don't have much that, like, there have been times where I've wanted to buy stuff, but I don't buy it because I know I'd be embarrassed if someone came over and saw it. <laughs> like that triple-sided dildo that I wanted. Just, I didn't want other people seeing that and asking oh, questions. Yeah. The sort of thing I think that's here. a good conversation mm-hmm. starter. Sorry, I uh, don't have headset on. Don't know if I'm interrupting. Sorry. You're good. No, you're fine. What's ooh, what's that? I don't even know this what that is. is. Consentical. Consentical? Which is a game about boning down with uh, an alien Enti- life form. Really? Oh. Yeah. Huh. What do you play that with? It's it's a co-op game, but you can't communicate with your partner because you're different <sighs> alien species. There's like a human and then like a tentacled alien. And so you have to try to find a way to communicate like what sort of um, experience you're going to have, like what sort of card you're going to play for each turn in order to get, you know, the most enjoyment out of it, even though you can't speak the same language. I feel like Josh has the most interesting sex life of all of us by far. Um, because he doesn't I talk about it. He doesn't talk about it. I that want consensual in my life. Interesting. Oh, yeah. But I mean, also, he just has the most. <laughs> I want to get consensual here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. It's, it's a really good game. And good foreplay. I want to play consensual with fish. Good. Did you just say good foreplay? And oh. earlier in the podcast, you say you only do foreplay once a year? Yeah, I'm going to buy that for my anniversary. And play it with me. <laughs> you guys going to play on Skype together? Our friendship anniversary, asshole! <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be yelling. My wife's going to murder me. Kids are sleeping. I have a bad habit of yelling. I, um, Crumpkey did say she wishes she could have the $450 diva statue from Overwatch, but she doesn't know where she'd put it. I wonder how big that thing is. $450. That's a good conversation starter, though. Like. I wish there was something I wanted that badly. I really want that No Man's Sky collectible thing, but it's just too expensive. And That'd be like one of my dream items, the ship that came with the original No Man's Sky collector's edition. But anyways, got some interesting responses. Thought that was pretty cool. Oh, Naaman's got a, um, he has a Terror Billy edition from the new Colossus. It's, he said it's kind of embarrassing because just for the fictional Third Reich affiliations, but I love alternate history stories. So, and it's like yeah, a, that's it's like that's got to be a difficult them. one because if it has any kind of pseudo Nazi imagery on it, it's a tough sell. If you're bringing someone over to your place, uh, what the fuck is this white power shit on your shelf? No, 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 no. This is from a yeah. video game that has an alternate reality. Yeah, I'm gonna buy yes. that. Yeah, I feel you. It's tough. Anyways, all those polls were a lot of fun. Just going through those one after another. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to um, respond if they did. And if I didn't read your comment, I'm sorry. Maybe some other week. It's been explosive to say the least. Much like the <clears throat> much like much like the argument that me and Fish had on the special Borderlands podcast last week, where I was yelling at Fish for not expressing his opinion the way I wanted him to. Um, because he had sent me this <laughs> private voice message. 
but uh, I rather I guess we should play uh, Borderlands Three tonight if we can, <laughs> just because we. At this point, it feels like a fucking chore to get to that second fucking vault. Just getting fucking fragments of a vault key instead of having a full fucking vault key to just jump into it. <clears throat> the stupid story has to has us fucking floundering all over the fucking swamps. But uh, yeah, we should we should play Borderlands Three tonight. That when my friend sends me that, that's a glowing recommendation to play a game. You want to play this game? Yeah, fucking game, just fucking, uh, fucking. <laughs> you must have. Oh you must have. What is this picture, Josh? Is that is she sucking on a tentacle? Mm. I was just kind of going through some of the cards there. Huh. It's kind of hot though. The bandaid over the nose thing. Her fingers look weird. She doesn't look human. Uh, restrain. Look how tentacles became mm. a thing. Anyway, while Josh shows us more of these uh, porn. Cards. Oh God! In the vagina, oh, out the mouth. Oh, I've. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that before in anime. Interesting. Things that happens in Josh's mind. Um. Yeah. So basically, I was just you know my I always want fish to be as honest as possible, and I felt like he was being a little nice, playing the the nice field. You know, sitting on the fence, if you will. Uh. You know, I feel yeah. like I've sitting. I, I love sitting on the fence. Who doesn't? But depends on the fence. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If it's one of those chain link fence where the chain link fence just goes over the pole and then <laughs> it just seems too lazy, yeah. don't sit on those. Um, Cats can sleep on fences. No, uh, really no. I, I honestly like it, your guys' opinions on it. Like, seem like very positive, and I felt like. My negative comments on it, I couldn't really defend against you guys, and just like me having just to say something that was positive about the game was fine. But um, overall, yeah, I wasn't as high as you guys on that game. So, what do you think we're gonna attack you or something? I don't understand. Like we fight with each other all the time, fish. It's just part of the deal. I feel like you guys were, yeah, gonna try and take my mm. life. I I don't know why you're giving us so little credit. That's <clears throat> we've scared fish into not being able to express his <laughs> no, opinion. No, I mean you right? can share any one of your stupid, stupid opinions whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Look, fish. If there's anything you need to tell us, we're here for you. Uh huh. I got nothing. <laughs> My goal is hopefully to get Fish to a place where he expresses all of his opinions without fear of, mm. of uh, I meant to say crucifixion, but that wasn't the word I was looking for. <laughs> Verbal crucifixion on the chomp cat. We'll get there one day, big guy. Don't be afraid. One of these days, I, I will be crucified. We don't attack each other. We might disagree with each other, but we don't attack each other. I attacked you much worse for not expressing your opinion than if I disagreed with you. Just remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, fish, whenever you take a bath, do you want lukewarm water or do you want hot water? Depends. Do you want, bad, what... do you want bad sex or good sex? You don't want eh, forgettable Dep sex. Depends. Yeah. 
Sometimes you gotta get the bad. <laughs> get to the forward. good. Uh, we'll get you there. We'll get you there later. Um, so I wanted to clear that up for the people that messaged me that enjoyed our little argument at the end of the thing. Our, our, my love for fish is a work in progress. I will say this. It's been a crazy week. We now have to talk about some Patreon polls that were pretty exciting and do our shout-outs. That's right. I didn't forget, Shay. That's right. I'm proud of you. What is... Whose phone is going off? Hold on. Let me check and see if it's mine. Damn it. It was mine. I'm sorry. I, I turned it on at the very end. It's been three hours. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was for the voice sorry. message, all right. I think, is what happened there. So Yeah. yeah. It's all good. Yeah. It happens. Okay. So, <clears throat> hold on just a quick second <clears throat> um, while I'm pulling up the poll. Here we go. There it is. Okay. So, while you're the, climbing the, the poll? The poll I did was just basically asking for the next episode of Chomping After Dark what the fans wanted us to do. And so I gave the choices of Fire Emblem, Three Houses, uh, Control, Outer Worlds, and Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. I couldn't think of another good game to pit in there that came out recently. So that was those are the four I gave the option for us to do. And the patrons voted that we are going to do the next episode on Outer Worlds. So... Uh, when we finish that game up or get close to finishing it up, we will do a very in-depth analysis of that on the next episode of Chomping After Dark. So that's that's the only poll I did. I took the week off um, that we all took the week off, essentially, um, from polls. And I, I, I disconnected from a lot of things that week, which was really nice. It's something that I personally needed. But yeah, that was the only poll that I ran on the Patreon. Uh, I think it's a little risky if I don't, if you don't mind me saying, to put up a game we haven't even started yet, and we're already stressed about finishing the games that we're playing right now. No, well, that's what we're doing. That's what the fans wanted. <laughs> fans, what the fans want, they get. Sleep. Uh, no, it, it'll be fine. Worst case, we'll figure. We'll talk about it afterwards. Um, yeah, technically the first one we did went free, so we still. Oh, the Machomping After Dark for the first month when we go live. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, we have a few weeks, I mean, because we have that episode drop. Yeah. yeah. So we're fine. Um, Next, I want to do the Patreon shoutouts. Now, usually I do a very in-depth story. Sometimes it's silly. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes people are like, fucking get this over with. But since this podcast has gone on super long, I'm going to keep it very short and sweet. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read um, each of your names out individually, and uh, I just want to say a simple thank you to each and every one of you that way, uh, and next month we will proceed accordingly with the silly, ridiculous stories. I already started writing next month, so don't you worry. But I do apologize or, that or do this worry. month is a worry little a lot. shorter. All of the worry. Mm-hmm. So first... First, we got to give thanks to our superstar, Mr. Cosmic, Cosmic Pop-Tart. He comes in at the uh, the biggest pledge. Seriously, you've been with us for so long, dude, and you're a great friend to us, so thank you for your pledge. Next is going to be the Rev, Reverend Rock and Roll, Marco. We've got Mr. Jonathan, 
Ivan and Danny P come at the next tier. You guys are fantastic as well. Some of you are new. Welcome and thank you. Uh, this is your first shout out that you've ever received. Thank you for, um, you know, pledging your hard earned money to us to keep this podcast going, to keep the other stuff we're doing blossoming, like the Twitch streaming, like the um, merch that we've been making, all that stuff. You help fund that. Seriously, thank you so much for that. Next, uh, the next tier we're going to be doing is Gilbezi, Epidemic. You guys come in at the next tier. Seriously, thank you very much uh, for, you know, you guys have been around for quite some time. You guys are always super support, supportive in our community. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Next, we have, this is going to be a long one. We have Core in Space, Cursive Lie, Dan W., Eric, Howard, Jason, Kane, Kevin, Larry, Lisa, Matthew. Matthew's new. Welcome. Thank you, buddy. Michelle, Rich, Ryan, Scotty, Stefan, Cy, Tyler, and Zach G. You guys also come in at that, that mouthful tier. Seriously, thank you guys so much. Some of you have been here a, an incredibly long time since we started the Patreon. Seriously, thank you guys so much for all the support and love that you guys give us. Thank you to each and every one of you. Appreciate it. Constantly you show us support and love. Um, you guys show up in our Twitch streams uh, and you you support us there. You chat with us there. You guys, Some of you guys who are Patreon members have also come into our Twitch channel and subscribed to us or donated bits, followed us, just chatted with us. Seriously, you guys keep it awesome and fresh in there. We love you guys. Thank you so much for all the support you give us every month. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you, do you guys want to say anything in regards to that? Or have I droned on an exceptionally long time? Yes. Uh, you droned on, but it's yes. fine. Yes and yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm keep droning further. So the last thing thank with the patre- Patreon, yeah, seriously, thank you. Yeah. The last thing I, I do want to do with the Patreon is it's something we started a few months ago. And it's the word of the month. Now, if you're new here or you've been here and you just haven't made it to this end of the segment, basically what this is is I sneak a word into the, every podcast in one month, and I try and make it kind of obvious that way it's not too difficult because there's obviously a ton of podcasts to get through and if you guess this correctly we will gift you a free month to our patreon up to the uh five dollar tier that means you get access to the patreon poll this means you get access to the shout out at the end of the month which also means that you get access to the premium vip channel the sword chomp vip channel for one month you get free access to that you can see all the silly um and super private posts that we put up there so i will give you your hint for this month in this episode i dropped the word in the polls and i tried to make it obvious as possible because i tried to make it as weirdly disjointed as possible um, it's probably came in midway through the polls. So there is your hint there. And lastly, um, this has nothing to do with the Patreon. 
If you want to represent Sword Chomp in your daily life, you want to sleep on our logo in your bed. You want to pull our logo out of your pocket. You want to look up at the time and remember, oh, those four guys who talk about sex way too much on their gaming podcast. We have a merch store that you can check out at www. I didn't need to say that. Redbubble.com slash people slash sword chomp. Oh, Fish is going to get mad at you. He hates that. <laughs> How dare you, Shane? What year is it? So oh, if you go to HTTPS, it's on that other web. Double backslash. Yeah. No, I don't know why I did that. I never do that. I've literally never done that. I don't know why I did that. I was in the flow. But anyways, if you want to rep us... Um, that's what you told the last date. <laughs> that's right. Uh, you can check us... It literally never happens to me. It's the first time. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> check us out at swordchomp.com slash people slash or what, what the fuck am I saying? Redbubble... Stop, stop disrupting me. Redbubble.com slash people slash swordchomp. Check out our merch there if you want to rep us at all. And we will be eternally grateful. And um, we we will be wrapping up this month's uh, spooky streams on Twitch. And then next month, we'll be back to our normal stuff. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to drop a poll. um, And I'm going to ask our Twitter community about starting to do some like community streams and stuff like that. Like maybe once a month on one of my stream days, doing a day where I have some fans come in and we play a game together. Um, one thing I want us to potentially get together and I'm saying this here, that way other people hear it and they can bug us please about it is I want to start doing group streams between the four of us. Once a month we get together, do a group stream and play a game, whether it's sea of thieves, whether it's something that's something that needs to happen. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. If you want to send us a message, you want to talk about something in particular and you don't feel like we address it enough, please send an email to swordchomp.com good god gmail.com slash swordchomp fuck my life www.gmail.com slash swordchomp this is a live and floating he's just now learning how the internets work and with the emails and the and the twitters and forgive me I'm a I'm a swordchomp fluck today at gmail.com I don't know what it is anymore. <laughs> you can you Thank can you email should. us at swordchomp at gmail.com. Yeah, that. Whatever. Just fucking email us. <laughs> Please. And I have all this stuff on the Instagram often as well, too. So um, the most important thing with everything Shay just said there was just listening to his implosion. Um, and I hope you enjoyed it. But thank you, Shay. Yeah. Thank you for all of that. Yeah, I um, just... I completely imploded there i don't know what the hell happened i didn't fuck up the patreon shout out so i'm proud of that Party everything else i fucked up into the flames all right so let's get out of here um we can mumble about fish being president in 2020 shay from japan josh from michigan myself from montana and fish from texas we'll see you next week for an all new chomp cast maybe we can mumble about Fish 2020 as the music takes us away. It's officially 50% of the audience. It was a little high. Start campaign. You can you can win with.
with, what is it, I think 13%? So, yeah, you just need to... 